We are reading Moonlight. Beautiful book, beautiful book. A24 sold it to me. It's quite beautiful. Um, very different. I have the shooting script on screen. This is 2017's Best Picture winner. Best Adapted Screenplay winner. Did Naomi Harris win for Best Supporting Actress? Not too sure she did. I know she was nominated. Of three days. Three days working on the film. All of her scenes are shot in three days. That's insane. Incredible. A lot of fantastic acting in this. Incredible directing. I believe Damien Chazelle won Best Director. Yep. Yes, he did. I remember it. He won Best Director. Moonlight won Best Picture. You know the whole infamous thing. Moonlight's actually the winner. Not La La Land. And speaking of, I did do a La La Land script reading. It is on my YouTube channel and on Spotify. You can go check that out whenever you can. Yes, we are reading Moonlight today. Uh, there's quite a few things in here that uh, ooh, it's a little touchy, I shouldn't say. I definitely will not say the F word, which is used quite a bit in this. I just watched the movie again. Fantastic movie. Trevante Rhodes. Oh my god, I love you. Right. Yeah, there's a little cast on the back of here. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Release date, October 21st, 2016. We're going to check out the differences. Uh, I do have a scene up here that I want to show. Nonverbal, so I'm just going to talk over it. But are you guys ready to get into Moonlight? And before we do, hey, Jamie, how you doing? You you have a YouTube channel, do you not? One Queer Peer Reviews. Oh, would you look at that? I opened up YouTube. It's right there. That I do. Oh, no way. Queer Peer Reviews has done Moonlight. Incredible film. You should go check that out. Hello review of this check that out you can also read along with me see what they think they get the other demographic from for this movie i am the black demographic they have the queer themes and they review queer themes good bad and ugly i'm sorry i hear her say that a lot i just say it now but yes go check that out and let us get into Moonlight. Oh, hold on. I'm just see where we start. Oh, Frank Ocean quote. Start off. Okay. Section one. Moonlight, written by Barry Jenkins. It is based off a play, I believe. I haven't seen the play, but yes. Let's see how different the shooting script is compared to the actual script. I think you need to turn down a little bit more. Okay, there we go. Alright, are you ready? Here is Moonlight 2017 Oscar winner from Barry Jenkins. Won Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Picture. Mahershala Ali. Yes, he won Best Supporting Actor. I remember that, yes. That was the first award of the night. That's why I'm... Based on In Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue by Terrell Alvin McCrane. Very nice, very nice. Thank you. 
Thank you, Jeremy. Let's get into this. Moonlight. Okay, alright. So far, so good. It looks looks pretty much the same. Let's read. First, over black, we hear the sound of the ocean and then fade in. 58 turns, 13 out of day. A bright Miami day, or what we could see of it, our gaze fixed. Looking into the front windshield of a wide vintage car. Think 60s American. At the wheel, find Juan, 30s, some sort of Afro-Latino. Think about him, pulling toward us and coming to a stop. Behind him, a shady, rundown apartment building. Abuts the road, three boys standing outside it. Juan cuts his engine, exits the car, and begins across the street. The boys tense up as Juan approaches, make room, as, as he continues all the way over to the brick wall behind him. Juan, business good? One of the boys, Terrence, 18, dreadlocks, real thin, bows his chest to sweet. Business good? Everybody cleaned out? Said cut if you want it. Juan just nodding his head, looking at the ground stretching before him. Kind of day where... I do not know how to say that word. Phosphorus. Phosphorus. Phosphorus? I feel like that is. I apologize again. Car major. Uh, fumes wave above the asphalt. Hold on to that. Register don't empty till the weekend. Feel me? Terrence nodding. The other boys' heads bow slightly. A hierarchy here. As Terrence removes this, a chocolate yoo-hoo from his back pocket, a zombie approaches. Or rather, a customer. Tall, lanky, haggard-looking man approaching across the road. Very nice. So I'm not noticing too much differences. Maybe, maybe he put in the shooting script. Maybe he submitted the shooting script. Who knows? But it's a fantastic script overall. Feel free to chime in if you guys would like. This month. Juan, you okay, man? The haggard man, continuing over, gets near enough to stand right over Juan. Juan looks up, simmering. Zoo, 30s, broken. Staggers a bit. Oh, sorry. Oh, my bad, Juan. No disrespect. What you need? You know my man, right, Juan? Dude, don't bring me that noise. I got cells, not samples. Dude reluctantly extends some bills to Juan. Juan paying the money no mind. Looks straight ahead as Terrence leans in. Takes the money. Beats. Okay. Nigga, you know the drill. Azu sighs, turns, and begins down the block slowly, deliberately. Terrence watching him go. Then... Motions to the other boys. The boy watching the zoo carefully slipping away around the back corner of the complex. Third boy placing his back to the corner of the building. As the other boy appears from 
around the corner again. Hand stuffed in his pockets. Get that nigga. Juan looks away from Terrence across the road and sees. Three young boys, adolescents, 12, 13 years old. With sticks chasing little, similarly aged, but smaller, a runt. Who is running, terrified. Three boys laughing as they give chase. But this is a game. Not a game. More like a hunt. Little crosses the street in a panic, enters unfenced lot, heads for the rearmost corner as the boys close in and chase him through. An unhinged fence, little squeezing through, doesn't look back as the other boys attempt to shimmy and wiggle their way through. Too big to glide though, glide through like little, little hole in ass, chest heaving as he rounds the corner. It's this condemned building. On instinct, the stairs taken two at a time, reaches the second story landing and pushes his way into confined building. Crack house. Quickly, Little closes the heavy door behind him, engages the deadbolt. Beat. With listening. The sound of footsteps hurrying the steps, rushing the door and pounding. Madness and pounding. The boys cackling like hyenas as they beat the living hell out of that door. Little shrinking, backing away, covering his ears. The sound of things cracking under his feet as he moves. The ground is covered with glass and syringes. Small plastic vials rolling around all over. The pounding stops. Little staring at the door as he hears the boys descending steps with that same juiced energy little's eyes never leaving the door waiting anticipating expect a bang a window of the rear bedroom doesn't shatter just a loud percussive thump little creeps across the room same crunch of glass beneath the feet creeps into the rear bedroom more light in here in the front from that window, little edges up to it, leaned away to not to be seen. Little, oh, little edges up to it. Sorry, I'm reading it like little edges, but no, it's little edges. Okay. Slowly, stealthily, he raises his eyes above the threshold, sees three little badasses who chased him. On cue, thump. Ratty shoe clumping. What? Whew, sorry. Thump, a ratty shoe clanging off the window pane. Reflex, little startles. Throws himself against the adjacent wall. As he climbs, his eyes reach. Wait. What the hell am I saying? Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm losing myself because I'm looking up at here and then back down. Um, As he clenches his eyes closed, breath cloistered. Up his chest. Gas pipe. Held up to catch the light. Little stands in the kitchen of this place. Holding that aforementioned glass pipe. Staring at it closely. He sets it down. Starts opening cabinets and drawers. Just a kid exploring when. Bam bam bam. Cutting from uh, the living room. Rather than the door. A pounding on the front windows. 
a boarded up well boarded up wood nailed shut where the glass should be. Little huddles in on himself, looks on terrified as a light hand as uh, as the edge of the plywood gives full side of it giving way to reveal a tall figure, calm, adjusting for the light. You see him fully. It's Juan. Juan, reaching a leg over the threshold, stands just inside without encroaching a little space. A beat as the two take each other in. Then, what you doing in here, little man? Little says nothing, just watches him. You want to talk to strangers, huh? One takes a step forward. Little takes a step back. Alright. It's cool. We cool. Juan raises his hand to his scalp, thinking, What the hell does he do? Well, listen, I'm gonna go get something to eat. You're welcome to join me, I mean. Juan begins across a small space. His hand on the deadbolt. Juan. Mind if I take the front door? Juan opens the door, steps onto the porch, turns back. The stance open, one hand on the door, the other open. Extended towards Little. Come on now. Can't be much worse out here. Off Little. Cut to black, and over black, the title card. Little. One. You see it? Yes. Yeah, sorry. There we go. There we go. Now you can see it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Hmm, omitted. What was omitted there? Doesn't say omitted on here. Okay. Okay. Juan and Little at the booth. Plates of food sitting between them. So, Little just eating. Not a single other care in the world but this meal. You're not gonna tell me what your name is? Nothing. Little finishing a drumstick. Dips a biscuit in the gravy there. He's hungry. What about where you live? Gotta get you home, man. Can't just have you running around these dope these dope holes. Juan reached across the table now, slowly pulls tr Little's tray over to his side. Little just looking down at the empty table before him. My bad, little man. I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't do you like that. I apologize, alright? Juan sliding the food back to Little with his left hand. His right reaches across to touch the boy's shoulder. I apologize, alright? Juan looking up now with Juan's gaze a moment. Eyes his head. And that's it. Off Juan. Another omitted. Juan's card. Juan at the wheel and on the stereo. The same song, Bridge. Okay. Whew. I thought he was going to say it. Because uh, the song that I got almost got in trouble for playing at the beginning. Yeah, that was that was the song that started the movie. Every is a star. Yes, I did ping the Discord and say that. I'm sorry. Okay, um, previous scene, something old school, but slowed, like, 
Al Green's Let's Stay Together, Chopped and Smooth. Wanna ad libs with the music, crooning. Little gives him the weirdest. What? You don't know nothing about that chopped and screwed? Little shrink into the seat, shy. Quan just shakes his head. Megawatt smile as they push on. How to land a modest bungalow. Sorry. I say bungalow because I say bungalow like that because fucking Merry Christmas, Drake and Joss. This is the deluxe bungalow. <laughs> Sorry. What's, what's the difference between this and a regular bungalow? This one has a radio. Why is that in my head? I'm very weird, very strange, but yes. <clears throat> Back to this. Sorry. Mm -mm -mm. Juan shutting the driver's side door of that Cadillac. Getting up the lawn toward the front door of this place. Calls out. Teresa. Juan continue up the walk as a woman. Teresa. 20s. Motherly. Janelle Monet. Appears at the front door. Steps onto the porch as Juan gestures back to. Little still sitting in that passenger seat. Looks out beyond that windshield. Teresa and Juan talking. Gesturing animatedly back at the car. Little shrinking down in the seat a bit. Something bashful as Teresa begins towards us. Towards him. Little watching the whole way as she approaches. Makes her way down to the driver's side. The Cadillac. And a hand on the door there. And. Takes a seat. Meeting the eyes between Little and Teresa. Looking right into one another. The longest beat. And then. Juan, Teresa, Little gather at the modest din dining table. Two grown-ups watching the child go to work on what appears to be a delicious plate of home cooking. Something odd about this dining room. The walls are two colors. In the midst of being painted. Two paint tins. Two paint tins rollers line the floor. A work in progress. Don't talk much, but damn sure can eat. Teresa smiling. Alright, baby. Talk when you're ready. Little looking up from his plate at that. Something about Teresa's voice. Her presence. Clicking with him. My name's Chiron. People call me Little. I'm going to call you by your name. Yeah, Timmy just shot Uh, Little Shrugs. Where you live, Chiron? Liberty City. Live with your mama? Sorry. A, no a nod yes from Little. What about your daddy? Nothing. Not a blink. Not a nod. Barely a breath. Just stillness. Wants to take you home then? And after you finish eating, maybe? Little lowering his eyes now. Gaze going to the table in front of him. No. Here's a wand exchanging a look. Confirmation between them. Okay, then. Okay. You? 
You could stay here tonight. You like that? Leto nodding yes. Mafuan taking this, taking in this kid. Admit it. Hmm. So a lot of stuff was cut. Wonder what I wonder what was cut. If there's a moonlight steel book, I will get it, but I could not find any. <clears throat> Little. Fast asleep. Extremely close to him. Here. Extremely close to him here. Chest rising and falling with soothing rhythms of sleep. Reverse angle. Juan standing above the boy. Watching him sleep. Oh, what a great father figure. Windows down, a steady but muted wind. Little with his head leaned on the window there. Little watches as the boy. Oh, sorry. Juan watches the boy as he drives, taking his eyes away from the road to look across the bench seat every now and then. By Paula's apartment, Juan and Little standing on the porch, this closed apartment. Juan's hand on Little's shoulder. They're waiting. Juan looking through the curtains. No telling if anyone's inside or not. He's raising his hands and knock once more when What happened? Boy says. Juan turning sees this thin, exhausted, but attractive woman hurrying over. Naomi Harris. This is Paula, mid-twenties. Little's mother. From the looks of her uniform and a badge that reads Paula Harrison. <laughs> cool. A nurse, just off from night shift. Damn. She goes right to Little. Pulls him into her arms. Shields him from Juan. What happened, Sharon? Why didn't you come home like you're supposed to? Nothing from Little. Eyes cast down, afraid, ashamed. Paula, looking up to Juan, finally gets a good look at him. And who is you? Juan considering this, but it's oddly unsure how to respond. Nobody. I found him yesterday. Found him in that hole on 15. Found Paul's face dropping with recognition. Yeah. That one. Paul lowering to her knees. Eye level with Little again. Inspecting him. And tell me where he stayed until this morning. Boys chase him to the cut. Seems scared more than anything. Little embraces Paula. Bears his face on her chest. Paula holding on, but looking past him. She and Juan holding eyes. Paula rises. Little slipping behind her. Thanks for, thanks for seeing to him. He usually take care of himself. He good that way, but... Paula looking past her son, past his man. Thoughts drifting off from the looks of her. Just a hard-working single mother in over her head. Juan's gaze lingering over her, clearly seeing the same and yet just a bit more. Paula's standing over as Little sits on a bench on a couch. Paula's standing above Little, hands on hips. Doesn't speak, just looks at the boy. A bewildered look. Still in that uniform, strained at the corner of her eyes. Real damn price, Chiron. You know that? Lil just looking 
at his feet, staring at the floor. Gots to come home when I'm meant to come home, you hear? Nothing from the boy. Paula gets down to her knee, takes both his shoulders in, his, in her hands. You hear? Slow nod from Little does indeed. A beat. And like a wave, something relaxing in Paula makes her soft and loving again. That's alright, baby. That's alright. Paula rests a hand on Little's head. Pulls him in tight. Mama just wants to make sure you're okay. That's all, baby. Paula's still holding on to Little. Say it's for dear life. Will not at all be an exaggeration. She releases him. And on cue, Little plops himself down in front of the television. Reaches for the analog dial, but... Nah-uh. TV privileges are revoked, buddy, bro. Little. I'm sorry. <laughs> I laughed at that line because... Nah-uh is becoming a meme. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> like... Wanda in um, Avengers Endgame. He took everything from me. Thanos, nah-uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, that shit's so funny. Nah-uh. <laughs> Oh man. Sorry, back to this. At first, just dirt. Rocks. Patches of grass coming into view intermittently. To move over this landscape. A beat and then. Sound of heavy footballs. 12 to 15 boys. Aged 9 to 14. Various shapes and sizes. All black. Thundering past. Going to this massive energy. Wild series of images are view, whipping to and fro. The boys converge and attack. Every one of them is focused on a single boy zigging and zagging amongst them. That boy finally on the ground, a mass of bodies as all the other boys pile up a true gang tackle. The boys unpiling now, one by one rising from the scrum, a developed grass-stained boy of a 15-year-old boy smiling ear to ear. Rest stained body. I sorry. The tackle kid rises, gets up holding what appears to be a wadded up bunch of newspaper at his chest. All eyes on it as he bounces it in his hands before tossing it in the air. Floating, hanging up there forever until it lands at Little's feet. Little looking down at this thing in disbelief. All eyes on Little here. Carelessly on Little. Menace, harm, hunger, all written here. Little backing away slowly, one foot behind the other. But someone kicking the ball, moving it along after him. Stalking him. They all circle little. No room to back away further. No escape. A beat of eyes, expectant. Punitive eyes. Then. Breath. Flash. A miracle. Something reaching into the scrum. Down low at Little's feet. Snatches the water away. Pandemonium. All minds. Bodies following. That hand. That paper. 
Scrum muscling past Little. Leaves him bumped, but spared as the action moves away. Elsewhere, along this ruddy excuse for field. Little bringing a hand to his eyes, looking after all the movement down there. The center of all those boys. Another kid, nearly his size, but determination on his face. The bravo of his run is a bit tougher. Off Little watching. The boy rip and run, evade kids twice his size. When Cherry Park. Little walking along. Walking along this side street. Kicking rocks, grabbing the branches of small trees, listless. When he hears a little from ways off came. Little looking back into the sun. Can't quite make him out at first. Squinting to see him a bit better. A bit of familiarity. It's the kid who's just saved his ass. Little waiting as the kid hurries to catch up. He's a bit fucked up. Shit short. Shirt torn. A scratch along the bridge of his nose. What's up, man? Hey, Kevin. Kevin. A fessimile. A little, but stronger. More broken in. Why'd you leave? I don't know. Kevin falls in a step. The boys walking together now. Yeah, they get boring after a while, I guess. The boys continue on. Little looking to his new friend. Every now and then, checking on him. What? Kevin reaches his own face. Hand to his chin. Is it bleeding? Kevin turns his head just so... Invites Little to inspect. Little reaches over, touches Kevin gently at the neck. Just below his ear. Very nice. Little brings his hand back to himself without a word. Just this. Walking. Arms swinging the sound of their feet along the pavement. Small glances from one to the other. Kevin smiles. What? You funny, man. Why do you say that? It just is, that's all. Again, this walking, lack of words, just their arms swinging, movement. Up ahead, the school. They've been walking beside all this time. Gives way to a field. They're headed right for it. Kevin taps Little, gestures. Kevin Little stand up before one another in this clearing. Fence to face. Like an ancient samurai before a contest. So you gotta show them niggas you ain't soft. I ain't soft. Always a forever hothead on this. I know, man. I know. But. Don't mean nothing. They don't know. No response from Little. Maybe he gets it. Maybe he doesn't. No matter. Come on. Kevin grabs him, places one arm across Little's shoulder, the other around his waist, rests his head in Little's chest. Let's wrestle. Little, limply obliging, visually, physically passive. Come on, man. Want these niggas to pass, pick on you every day? That gets the Little. The boy locking on. Muscles tensing. They're wrestling. Anthropology. Atomical vignettes, the struggle of these two boys isolated, 
to the simple, incomplete movements of partially glimpsed bodies. These are children. Sexuality is absent from in these Im images, and yet, hints of something sensual. Bleeding in its appearance, Kevin's cheek wedged close between close to Little's neck. Blades of grass sticking to her skin. There's that connection early on. Ooh. The boy's on the ground, turning, rolling, and laughing, huffing with exhausted breaths. Slowly, their voices going mute. Only sound the movement of their bodies against the against each other, against the grass. Physical exhaustion. The boys lie flat, beats. Both Little and Kevin on their backs, looking skyward, chest heaving from exertion. Kevin pops tall to his feet, fixing his mottled shirt. See, Chiron, I knew you wasn't soft. No comment. <laughs> that was an easy setup for a joke, but eh. I'm going to leave that there. Kevin looking back at Little, looking down at him lying there. Little fully returning his gaze. These 14 pages, the first time he's looked at anyone thus. Very nice. I don't know how that really works as a script, as a script writing for films, but that is a good line for a book. Sure any other piece of writing however scripts you know yeah less is more eh, but this works as well a beat a little oi oh I am Ooh, sorry skipped ahead a little bit there a picnic style table Juan's front porch two deck chairs haphazardly beside it Little was sitting atop the picnic table, small book bag tossed to the side, shirt distressed and grass stained from wrestling, a pencil in hand. He's doing homework. What a good kid. A beat with Little, diligently, at his work. Timetables or some such thing. Then, a sound of tires eased into a stop. Those eyes rising, gazing out. After the noise, he sets his pencil down as the noise ceases. Brake pads squeaking. The sound of a do car door opening. Little lowering his eyes. Footsteps approaches. After a beat, one of those steps nearing. First angle. Juan. Juan standing there. Keys turning over in his. Oh, wow. Keys turning over in his hand. Head cocked to the side. A puzzled look. Little slowly but assuredly raising his eyes to meet Juan's. Juan looking from Little to the road and back. The look on his face. How do he... Here we go. This is a very nice scene on the beach. <clears throat> Little and Juan stand in the shore. Both of them pulling off their shoes, their shirts. This being Miami. Both already dressed in shorts. This heat. Oof. Juan moving away. Heading toward the surf. Little following. Hurrying to catch. Literally taking hold of Juan's shirt as they move into the ocean. Away from the shore. 
Slowly, awkward steps. Feet and sand. Little, so small, the water rising so quickly. Juan, still moving away from the shore, notices Little, no longer beside him. Looks back, the boy a few meters behind. <laughs> Little, looking to Juan, and back to the shore behind him. Gauging the distance between the two. The look on Juan's face. Well. Little diving into the water before him. Face down, arms flailing. Fighting the water as much as he's moving through it. Juan steadying himself. But trusts himself against the current. As he reels Little in. The boy clings to him. Gasping for air. Spitting out sea salt. Hey, 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 hey. I got you, little man. I got you. Sorry, I don't know that word. I know the word, but I'm blanking on it now. I don't know how to pronounce it right now. Sorry. I know I'm going to fuck it up if I try to I attempt it. So I'm just not. Movie magic, but they're in good ways out now. 30, 40 yards from shore. Okay, yep, that right there. Don't put that in the script. It's movie magic. Hey, but this one Oscar. What do I know? The water's not so deep out there. Juan's standing. Little is far out beyond his height. However, Juan's supporting him. Holding him at arm's length. You alright? A nod from Little as he wipes salt water from his eyes. Good, good. Now... <clears throat> you gotta help yourself now You gotta move your legs Keep yourself up Juan watching As Little flails his legs beneath the surface Juan laughs Nah Not like a chicken you Gotta move him side to side like you're Making waves with your feet Juan going to a tread Very smooth Like someone raised In the water Born at his edge. Little taking it to heart. Does a passable job for treading. Not bad, not bad. Bet you ain't know you can flow, huh? Juan taking a hand, placing it under Little's legs, and gesturing him onto his back. Trust me, I got you. Little laid flat on his back. Little laid flat atop the surface now, bobbing with the waves. Now just relax. All right, relax. Little complying, little floating. Look on his face, pure joy. For once, a kid. See? Juan, slowly, gently, easing his grasp. Letting little go. Relax now. Stay relaxed. See? Juan circling as little continues to bob with the surface. Swimming around little. His last part. Circling him. You ready to learn how to swim? Yeah. Juan standing again. Gets his arms under little. Turns the boy face down. At a swimming position. Alright. You saw me swimming, right? Not from little. Okay. Do it like I did. Don't put your head under water. Your arms. Try and do them like I did mine. A little mimicking Juan's swimming as Juan holds him afloat. 
on holding them fully in place for this practice. Smoother, more easy light. You're settling noticeably, gradually. It's a stretch, but passable. Maybe he could. Juan turning him back upright, little going back, their awkward treading. Alright, little man, I think you're ready. Little considering that, bobbing in the ocean as he treads, his eyes on the water stretching out before him, endless, even in this dying light, stretching on forever, meets Juan's gaze now, finds compassion, hope there. Juan. Little Juan sitting ashore. Towel wrapped around the, the boy as they watch the moon come up. The moon making its first appearance on the horizon. Sound of the waves running back and forth. To and from shore. Juan, can I ask you something? Yeah, little man, ask me whatever. That's very thick pages, you know. <clears throat> Little nodding, taking his time. Oddly nervous about this. Okay. Why ain't they Wong? How you mean? Sounds like a Spanish name. But you black just like me. Wong turning his head to the boy. A smile. The full blown laugh. Wong losing it. Oh, you funny little dude. You know that? Juan slapping his knee here. Really enjoying this moment. Let me tell you something. It's black people everywhere. Remember that, okay? Ain't no place in the world ain't got no black people. We was the first ones on this planet. A little embarrassed. Poking at the sand before him. Juan places a hand to his shoulder. I'm from Cuba. A lot of black folks in Cuba. But you wouldn't know that from being here. Wow, little shorty. Just like you. Used to run around with no shoes on. When the moon was out. Juan starts drifting. Taking him away from here. Four feet. Those waves possibly. Arriving on the shore. From that other shore he's describing. Not so far away. This one time, I ran by this old, old lady. We just running, hollering, cutting fool, boy. And this old lady stopped me. She said to me, Look at you. I'm a little badass too, you know. She said, Look at you. I said, Look at you. And she smiled and said, Running around, get to the ball of light. In moonlight, she said, Black boy look blue. You blue. Okay. That's what I'm going to call you. Blue. <clears throat> Outside Paula's apartment now. Now that was a great line, and that's what moonlight is. The moonlight, black boys look blue. Ooh, 
of black people. Black History Month, guys. Ooh, we love it. We absolutely love it. Also, I think this is the first black movie to win Best Picture. Am I correct in saying that? I believe so. <clears throat> All right. Little Juan approaching an apartment complex. How you like swimming? Gunner from Little. Heard him, but the words too heavy to present themselves. That good, huh? Quan grabs Little's head, playfully shakes it. The boy smiles. Sm the what? The boy smiles, bashful, happy. They reach Paula's apartment. Little knocking and calling out, "Mama!" He did not in the movie. That's one of the few differences from the movie. He didn't say that. He didn't call for her. He just knocked on the door. A beat. Then Paula's at the door, a bit drowsy, disheveled. In a way different than the work-weary version of Glimpse before. A moment of Juan taking in Paula. None of them utter a word for a moment. Just a distinct sound of a can opening from the inside the apartment. All of them noting it. Hey, Mama, I... Paula takes a little by the shoulders, pulls him inside. Little standing away from Paula, face open, curious as we see what he sees. An average working-class black man, longshoreman type, sitting at the small dining table, just off the kitchen. Paula standing as this man sits watching Little. Neither of them seem seem very familiar with the other. Neither of them seem very interested in the other. A lot of busy work from Paula here. Taking things in our arms, glass things, aluminum things, curious things we cannot quite see. Well. Paula heading off to the rear bedroom. The man quietly rising after her. A can of old English. We heard opening clutched in his hand. He follows her across the apartment, little watching the procession, confused, suspicious. Ice lingering on the bedroom door. The closest behind them. It is. Little entering the front gates of his school. No other kids around. Either late or early a school guard waves him through. An open room, high ceilings, great dance dance mat, spanning the bulk of the room. Mirrors running the length of two walls, a ballet studio. Fifteen to twenty boys and girls moving about, no coordination, just movements and silliness. We find Little among them. Throwing his head back, moving his hips, to Lord knows what rhythm. Holy hell. First time off film. Looks like he might be having fun as. Moving with Little as he makes his way along the exterior pathway within the school. His backpack pulled tighter on his shoulders. No one else around as he crosses a space. Ahead of him, a wooden plank appears. Into adjoining portable classrooms. Little heads up the path. Steps in two. Takes two steps in. Stops immediately. Circle of boys. 
7 and a semicircle. Their backs to us. Older looking for elementary, all of them looking down and in on one another. All eyes go to little. A hurried, hush business. One of the boys breaks away from the circle, hustles over. As he nears his identity becomes clear. This is Kevin. One of our from our earlier wrestle. Somebody with you? Nod no from little. Kevin moving past him. Over to the portable door and locks it. Grabs little shoulder strap. Pulls him over to the circle. I swear it was locked. Wedges little. Inside the circle. The other boys barely paying attention. We take them all in. Drift them from face to face inside the circle. All their eyes and hands are cast down. They compare them to dicks. Now, <clears throat> I don't know about you guys, but I never did this. I never did this. Timmy, is this a gay thing? It is. Shit, I wish I was gay. But never mind. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not sure, like, if this was an actual thing. I don't know if boys actually did this. I didn't, but hey. Also, this is switched around. We drift within this circle. This shit ugly as hell. So, at least mine ain't a peanut. Got a Freddy Krueger dick. Your shit look like Freddy. Your shit even that big. It looks like the same size as mine. Look! Boy 1, leaning into the circle. His head nearly butting Boy 2's. Facing him. He might as well be touching dicks. See? What the fuck? Okay. <clears throat> okay, so. Yeah, all this is moved around. That's fine, that's fine. Slight, very slight difference. Seeing a lot, lot more differences. Uh... I want to move my camera a little bit. Why can't you see that? You shouldn't be seeing that. There we go. Okay. That's a little bit better. Who let his ass in? He just came in. Kevin is over to the door again, playing lookout. They call you little, right? Show your shit. Why do you think they call him little? Not in the movie. Okay. Laughs from all the tough guys gathered. Boy one grabbing little roughly by the neck, watching little reaches down to himself, nervously unzips his pants, beats. All the eyes down there cast down again, staring down at little, down at his dick. A curious prolonged silence, and then Kevin looking back over his shoulder, back at the circle. From his vantage, the backs of all. Those heads cast down, focused on little. Off Kevin's gaze. Okay. Okay, so they they did not put something in here. Which I believe. Maybe it was added the day of. 
Also, it was a little, uh, yeah, little, um, little more to their, their relationship. So, little, little is looking at it. Nobody says anything. He's, like, nervous. He doesn't want to do it. And Kevin's right next to him. He shows his. I was like, oh, it's fine. It's comfortable. Then little actually looks at it. like, oh, okay. Decent. Alright. <clears throat> he doesn't say anything, but yeah. Little entering, stopping himself. Just a few feet inside, door closes behind him. Beat. A little listening to the house. Tiny ears perked up so. Just so. Glances at the far wall. Modest television. Used to be there. Blanks of confusion. Off the sound of silence. Flame. A chemical flame of blue and red. Paul's apartment, front burner of the gas range. Little scrawny, lanky arm set in a five-gallon pot of water to the stove. Crickets beat little before the stove and then... Looking down to the quarter full bathtub. Fresh water pouring. Ooh. Sorry. Pouring into it from the spigot. I said spig. Spig. The run of water stopping, rippling surface, blowing as footsteps tread away. A quick beat, then the return of footsteps. The sound of them growing nearer and nearer as little here, carrying that five-gallon pot from the steam coming off it, searing hot with boiling water, gets right up to the edge of the tub, expertly, carefully, pours it in, Face leaned back to avoid the steam, furiously rising from the surface. Finishes his pouring. He sets the pot down. Behind him, on its side, handle props. Most of his metal surface from the carpet. Reaches down to the floor, retrieves a bottle of dollar store dishwashing liquid. Yeah. Squeezes a ton of this liquid into the water. Little. In that tub now, soaking in bubbles. Feet of a boy at peace. Extended beat. This boy at peace right here with him. For a change. No distractions. No deflections. So young and yet. So much happening behind those eyes. So much weight. That craned out from the window. Cruise in the neighborhood. My six four. Hey, Juan. Juan nodding to whoever. That came from. Continue on his way as we. That's who Terrence counting dollars. Terrence completing a transaction, stuffing money into his pockets and nodding in the direction of one of his runners. Standing opposite of him, we see a, f a face we've seen briefly, but we recognize Paula's longshoreman. As the longshoreman moves off, What? Hold on. Approaches the runner, appearing from behind the complex. Sorry, this I got confused. Again, sorry, going back and forth from the book to the screen to the film script screen. Uh -huh. 
Sorry, that was a thing. That was very nice. Very nice. I love that. Um, <clears throat> Juan approaches that smooth, easy gat of his. It's a brief moment, but Juan and the Longshoresman meet eyes as they pass one another. Nothing of import, but moments. Juan approaching Ter Terrence with nod. All that needs to be spoken as Terrence nods back, whistles at one of the other boys, sends them off run running back into the cut. Pretty good one today. Just a nod from Juan. His attention elsewhere. Following the short longshoreman. Down a block away a ways. Not close, but within shouting distance, we see the longshoreman get into the driver's side of a Chrysler sedan. Seat. Say basin? Nothing from Terrence. Just watching the same as one. Look, you let niggas light up at the spot now? No, the rules, no lighting up at the spot. Juan getting to the sidewalk now. Moving toward the longshoreman. Car a block or so up ahead. Gets there, finds the windows rolled up, a flash of flame emitting from inside. Knocks on the window. Longshoreman rolls it down with a drugged out smile, shrugging his shoulder. An apology. Juan, not amused by the display, catches a glimpse of the woman in the passenger seat. Clicks into something much more menacing. It's Paula! Little's mom. What the fuck? Juan rounded the passenger. Well, oh, sorry. Rock, want, blah, 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 blah. So, wing. Juan rounded the car, wasting no time getting to the passenger side door. Pulls out of the jar. Get out. Who are you? Get the fuck out. Juan helping her out, takes her by the arm and pulls her to her feet. Out here, in the road with Juan under streetlight. Terrence and the others hurrying over at the commotion. Juan looking to the longshoreman. He's lighting a cigarette. Couldn't care less. Lays the boys off. Beat. A very long beat. Juan and Paula both in shock. Standing in the road with no clue what comes next. The longshoreman steps from the car. Lights a cigarette. Wait. Cigarette to his lips. Sits on the hood. Leans his back to the windshield. Puffs into the night. Paula clenching on in on herself, closes her eyes, almost childlike to make it go away. Suddenly, coming alive, moving toward Juan. Every step, something clicking, something changing. Gets right up in his face. Who the hell do you think you is? Juan shook, never expected her to jump in. Who the fuck you think, bitch? Juan grabbing Paula, pushing her back against the car. Sees his hand at her throat, driving her back. As he subdues her. Drives her against the hood. Releases her forcefully. Paula's eyes. A light. I assume this is supposed to be a line? Oh, a light. No, it's not. Paula's eyes are light with rage. Let's see. Chest rising as she watches Juan staring at her from across the road. So you gonna raise my son now? Nothing from Juan. All stillness. Is holding this gaze, huh? On lowering his eyes, legitimately, legitimately weighs the question. 
You gonna raise my son? Paula, sucker her teeth. Yeah, that's what I thought. You gonna raise him? You gonna keep selling me rocks? Paula turns with Juan. Reaches to the Chrysler, pulls her pipe, and a lighter from there. Holds his gaze while taking a charred black pole. Excels. Motherfucker. Don't give me that. You gotta get it from somewhere, shit, nigga. I'm getting it from you. But you gonna raise my son, right? Paula excelling into the night air again. Let's her head roll a bit. The funnel the smoke. Places the pipe back into the car now. Purchase Juan slowly confident. Did you ever see the way he walk, Juan? Watch your damn mouth. Paula real close now. Extremely close. Incredibly loud. <laughs> her nose at his chin. Looking up into his eyes. You gonna tell him why the other boys kick his ass all the time? Huh? Look back it down in Paula's eyes. A line drawn. So sure in this declaration. And Juan? All doubt. Prospect. Follow through finally before him. Having to be reconciled. Follow back and away from him. Eyes never leaving his. Come on, let's go. Longshoreman flicking a cigarette to the ground. Two of them slipping back into the Chrysler. Ignition catching. Off Juan. Carl and Little facing each other. Little standing at his mother's feet. Caught them in the middle of something. Just after something. No words spoken, but Little's face is lost. Mm, 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 mm. Ooh. Quite a bit we got here, ladies and gentlemen. This is a good one. Oh. Sorry, I just want to move around a little bit. Ooh. Come on, give it a stretch. Give it a stretch, guys. All cozy, all nice. Don't sit in one spot too long. Bing, bang, 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 bang. All right. All right, back to this. Perhaps a bit later than dawn, but it's early. Juan moving about in long johns, tops, top and sweats, rubbing sleep from his eyes. The moment would seem pure, sweet were it not for the revolver. A tightly rolled wad of bills strewn across the table. Teresa's at the table with a notepad and pen. Teresa's counting. Juan moves to the table but doesn't sit. Teresa takes up a, a takes up a cup of coffee. Gives him a look. Goes back to her leisure. A beat of them in silence this way. Teresa kind of wants thinking. Then, crosses to the near wall, looks down to roll it there. A semi-dried pan of paint. Takes up the roller as a streak of white paint. Looks off for a moment. Then thoughts gathered. Adds another streak of white and then. A pounding, startling 
them both. Pana resumes, alarming. On sliding the water money toward Teresa. Takes up his pistol and heads for the front door. Juan just to the side of the door. Pistol dangled in his hand. Who that? Beat then. It's me. I'm little. Juan looking down in confusion. Doesn't see him immediately. Doesn't immediately open the door, but of course opens the door. Pistol tucked in his back to conceal. It's a good look at Little. Little man. Nothing from Little. Holds his ground there on the porch, but something in his eyes. Something smoldering. Juan and Little sitting at the table. Again, silence from the other kid. From the kid. Everything cloistered, cluster, cloistered up inside him. All right, first things first. Can't sit at my table like that. On rising, takes Little's chair, slides it around to the table a bit. Stops the boy with a playful jolt. Don't ever sit your back to the door. Can't see who creeping up on you. Little still not amused. Completely straight face. I saw your mama last night. That get Little's attention. I hate her. Bet you do. Hated mine too. Little looking to Juan now. Finally, a break. Miss her like hell now. All I'm gonna say about that. Okay, this is the point of the script where this comes in. I will not say it. You guys can read it if you would like, but yes. It's very important for the film, very important for Little to understand. There we go. Teresa stepping in, sets down some kind of juice before them. A glass for Juan and a glass for Little. Juan about to take a sip of his when Little acts. Jamie. <laughs> What's uh, that word? Juan blindsided by that one. Unprepared and unequipped to answer that. Takes a sip of his juice. A deep breath. And. is a word used to make gay people feel bad. Little nodding. Processing that. Am I? No. You're not. You can be gay, but you don't have to let nobody call you a blah, blah, blah. Well, not unless. Well, I look at Teresa. Teresa motioned him to quit while he's ahead. <laughs> it's like, like what, what the hell is Juan thinking there? <sighs> Takes another sip of juice. <laughs> How do I know? Again, I looked at Teresa. A shrug of shoulder of the shoulders from her. You uh, just do. I think. 
again, uh, I would implore you guys to go watch Moonlight. Hey, look at that book. That book looks familiar. It's a great channel. You should go subscribe to it for more of Moonlight. More like Moonlight, more uh, great LGBT films and shows. One of my favorites is coming out tomorrow, February 14th, Valentine's Day. One of my absolute favorites. God damn it. Uh, I fucked it up now. Whoopsies. I, I, I took Harley off the thing. Now she won't stand up. Fuck. Alright, you're gonna have to stay there, Harley. Just stay there until later. <laughs> but yes, go subscribe to QPR. A little, little commotion with that. Okay. Oh, I thought I missed a scene that I'm showing. No, I didn't. I know exactly what scene it is, and it's my favorite scene of the movie. <laughs> it's because it's so fucking funny. <laughs> Alright, sorry. Little both hands around his juice. All his senses focus there. His mind goes elsewhere. Somewhere else. Altogether different. Clearly thinking deeply. Forthrightly about this. Juan reaching his cup back to Teresa. Again. You don't have to know right now, you feel me? Not yet. He knew. He knew. He knew what he was. I see who you are. You are my ally. <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> Little nodding from his demeanor, comforted by this. This state, so wounded and curious, invites the empathy. Those eyes shifting gears for a considerable beat. Completely to himself, mulling something over. Just his eyes. In the mouths of babes. You sell drugs? Juan's face crushed. He nods. Yes. And my mama? Do drugs, right? Then something falling on Juan. Hangs his head lower. A nod, yes. As it comes over places, uh, a hand on Juan's back. Little takes a sip of his juice, rises without a word, exits the dining room. Sound of his feet on the on the tile of flooring, on the tile flooring, front door opening, closing. Juan not moving, for once undone, beat. And now, what the fuck is going on? Okay, the title card is supposed to come here, but it comes later. Or black sound of breathing, not labored or rush. Proximal. 
proximal. Right beside us, then, a teenage black boy staring across a classroom, gaze fixed with longing. Wrist angle, another boy's mouth. Lips full, parted slightly. In the act of breathing, heard at the scene's opening. The sound of that breathing escalates. Chiron, 16. Continues staring. Just from the look of him, this is clearly little. Moments before, age to his teens. Mr. Pierce, the biology teacher, late 20s, black. Clears his throat. Uh, Chiron, you need something? Terrell, 16-year-old bully, interrupts. That nigga forgot to change his tampon. Laughter from the class. Pack mentality. Yeah. You having women problems today. Ain't that right, little? More laughter. Alright, Terrell, that's enough. Nah, can't be enough for little. How much you need, little? Don't call me. Alright, Terrell, that's it. Terrell springs out of his desk into Chiron's face. What the fuck you gonna do, nigga? I'll fuck you up. Terrell, out. Right now. Terrell blows a kiss at Chiron, walking out. School almost. School almost out, little. Did he say that? I don't know. He didn't say anything when he left. Chiron looking after Terrell. Staring at the closed door long after it's shut. The bell's just rung. Students funneling through the cavernous. 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 There we go. Sorry. Hallway. Approaching. A set of double doors spill into the school driveway. In the middle of it all, find Chiron engulfed in a sea of chaos and honestly relieves Biso. Chiron scans the mass of students approaching those doors behind them. I consider a bump at his shoulder. Chiron looking up to find Terrell, Pizzo, and a crew of roughnecks laughing and ad-lib shit talk as they continue past, move through the crowd. I'm gonna be waiting for your ass, little. Terrell smiling as he hurries on, as if inviting him to a play date. Upstairs now. The second story of this building. An open air stairwell. Cornered. Two sides. Corrugated. Corrugated fencing. Ron gets to his toes. Looks down to the courtyard below. Corral's down there. Roughhousing. Shit talk. Talking shit with a group of knuckleheads. Chiron speaking to himself. Come on, Chiron. When he hears voices echoing behind him. Sharon looks to see Admin looking type moving way away down the hall. Smooth as hell looking teen approaches. As the teen gets closer, his identity becomes clearer. It's Kevin. Sorry. I'm reading the book and I keep forgetting the sorry. Sharon, what you doing, man? Huh? Oh. <laughs> oh. You just standing there straight spaced. Well, been out, nigga. You ain't going home. What you still doing here? Tension. Ames called me in this. Called me with 
caught me with this trick in the stairway. What? Yup. With who? Damn, you nosy, Sharon. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> all, I, all I wanted was some quick hair, you know? Let's, this chick all like, hit that shit, Kevin. Hit it with that big dick. <laughs> Why she got to compliment a nigga? So I was like, all right. We can do this. Started banging her back out. Started making all this fucking noise, though. Mr. Ames walked in. All 5-0. Almost had my ass suspended. I just told me, like, childhood sweethearts and all that. Talked it out, and... So all, all I got is attention. Yeah. That shit stay between us, yeah? I know you can keep a secret. Slow nod from Sharon. Real talk. Gotta go before this fool changes mind. Alright, Kevin. Later, Black. Oh, Sharon. Cut the Black. Title card. Oopsies. <clears throat> Title card. Chiron, too. Chiron. <clears throat> My hand's sweaty in this one, man. God damn it. Alright. Oh, I accidentally moved up there. Uh, shit, my bad. Uh, Chiron approaching an apartment complex. Different than Little's home in the previous story. The 12th stage of neglect. All chip paint. Autos up into on the cinder blocks out front. Books and backpacks in tow. Climbs a flight of stairs to the second story. Approaches an apartment down far end. As he unlocks the door. A rush of energy greets him from within. Uh-uh. No, you cannot be here tonight. I got company coming. Call of 30s now. Worse for wear. Looking as strung out as she ever. She rushes past me. Hey, Ma. Find somewhere you gotta be. Find somewhere for you to be. Paula slips into the rear bedroom. Closes the door behind her with considerable thud. Chiron stares at that door indifferently. This is nothing new. Chiron walking up the block, approaching Juan's home. As he nears it, we hear. Well, I'll be Chiron. I don't know why I said it like that. Well, I'll be Chiron. There is a appears from the yard out there in the yard a bushel dead palm fronds in hand she's aged some but certainly aged far better than the wet than the rest pull Chiron to a hug beaming from the most amazing smile Chiron and Teresa at the table in Teresa's dining room fresh plates of food before both Teresa watches as Chiron picks out his plate Paying just enough attention to qualify as eating. Still. What's wrong? Nothing. I'm good. Nah, I seem good. And you ain't it. What's wrong, little? Don't call me that. I'll call you what? Your name? You grown now? I didn't say that. What you saying? 
Someone goes quiet. Doesn't take doesn't take much. Just messing with you, boy. You right. That ain't no name for you no more. That ain't you. You want to be something different, you got to earn it. Got to make your name true, understand? Tyrone bobs his head out of embarrassment, out of shame. Hey, don't put your head down in my house. You know Teresa's rule. All love, all pride in this house. You feel me? He mumbles, nods. He mumbles, he nods. What's that? Yeah. I feel you. Teresa writes, she's not a tall woman, so. Good. Since you hear some stuff way back on the top shelf in the kitchen, I've been meaning to get to. I'll show her own smiling face. A simple room. Small twin bed. Single sitting chair. Window just beyond the bed. Looking out to the side yard. Tyrone standing over the bed. Pulling the corner on a fitting on a fitted sheet. I fucking hate these goddamn things. Because they always come off, you know? Like, like when you sleep, they just move off. Come off from the edge. I hate that. <clears throat> Alright. From the looks of this room, no one sleeps here. This is Tyrone. He's made and unmade this bed before. Thank you for this. I hadn't noticed Teresa there in a do doorway. Looking on, Sharon goes about his work. No, you can stay here anytime, right? <clears throat> yeah, I know. Thank you, Teresa. I mean it. Teresa moving from that doorway now, approaching Sharon in that bed. If you're going to stay here, you're going to learn how to make a bed, boy. Teresa laughing. As she takes that corner of sheet from Chiron's grasp, tucks it lightly. The entire cover slips off with ease. What? You mean what? Ain't how you make no bed. Teresa moving instinctively. Already got the two bottom corners snagged expertly. Pulling the third corner just, at, just so as Chiron watches. Think you slick, huh? Do it wrong so Teresa show up and do it right. Come on. Dick as thieves, let me tell you. Teresa looking to Chiron. That last part. Begins a smile as a smile slowly fading. Shifting to something more reflective. Heavy. You miss him? Chiron holding her gaze. Silence answer enough. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Teresa, turning from this room, moves down the hall and the door left ajar behind her. Tyrone scanning at, staring after her, puzzling, just watching the empty space, the threshold there. Tyrone passed out, deep in sleep. Speed of the slumber, then the sound of water, the sound of water falling and echoing all over. Then... Less of, so less of a cut than an XL. Smooth transition as we drift through this home. It's later, much later, the sound of water is insistent. Hitting the roof like automatic fire. We float past a retreating hallway and find Chiron. Moving through this home in the same direction. 
his back to us, leading us. He walks through the space. Another sound encroaches upon the sound of rain. Every step becoming clearer. The sound of a girl moaning. Oh, what the fuck? Why did it? Whis softly whispering inaudible words that coo and plea. Chiron, Chiron slows but continues, walks deeper into the home. He's approaching the kitchen. The sound intensifies as he finds Kevin. Pressed hard against the back of a girl, Samantha, older than both boys, sexy like a music video model. Samantha leaned over the kitchen, to, kitchen counter, skirt hiked up, back arch. Just so, and pressing Kevin close behind her. Kevin slamming into her again and again. These two fucking in a borderline ridiculous fashion. Tyrone still approaching. Just inches away. And sees Samantha's eyes. Unspeakable bliss. I don't think you ever see her face. Kevin notices him finally. Looks at him panting. That killer smile of his. You good, Black? Chiron turn into a blank stare. Above them, rain pours like the Victorian Falls as Chiron waking up from sleep. The match cut. Ooh. Little sex dream about his friend. Friend. In the same position he had been sleeping previously, faced someplace between dreariness and confusion. Search of her thoughts. Looks out the window there. A small clock beside the bed checks it. In Liberty Square housing projects, following Chiron down the street, moves along the yesterday's clothes, he walks quickly. He reaches the corner. Chiron! Ch hey! Chiron turning, spots Paula, hurrying over, breathing heavy. Hey, baby. Where'd you go last night? What? Why? Your mama, ain't I? <clears throat> Sharon just holding her eyes. It's not worth a reply. Why you ain't just come home later, boy? Paula smiles. The kind of smile been forgiven many times in many places over. You had me worried about you. But you getting grown. Guess I can't keep be keeping up with you all the time. Anyway, how Teresa doing? Ain't seen her since the funeral. You fine? That's good, baby. Listen, Mama locked herself out the door. Can you? Can you come let me in? Sharon watching her, confused. Paul and Sharon are sending the steps towards the second story. Paula moving ahead of him. She gets to the door first but moves just past to let Sharon do the honors. Smiles at him. Something disguised in that gesture. Sharon digging for his keys as Paula watches intently. At first, in his pockets and now in his backpack, Paula's arms folded in a show of impatience. After a moment of nodded previously, scratching her neck, Paula pushes past him, takes the door handle, and lets her in. I thought you said... Paula walking the apartment det determinedly. 
looking beyond, looking behind half-closed doors and even opening a closet or two. Easy now. She settles in the middle of the space, hands rested at the top of her head, the beat of thinking coming to. Turns to Chiron. Still there watching from the threshold of the apartment. Paula smiles. Chiron approaches her. Mama, what you into? I need some money. For what? It's my business. Don't you ask me no shit like that. I have no. Don't lie to me. I'm your mama. That bitch over there, she ain't no kin to you. I'm your blood. Remember? That ain't. I ain't feeling good. I need something to help me out, baby. Just, just let me cross the shake, you hear? Where am I supposed to get money from? Teresa ain't give you none? Huh? You little play play mama ain't give you something in your hand? Now give me that damn money, Sharon. Oh, well, okay. <clears throat> so he... In this, they don't... They don't do this right away. So he gives the money right away. He lies and says he doesn't have any. Then she, like, literally reaches in his pockets. And and takes it from him. Grabs a few bill, fill bill, blah, 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 blah. Chiron reaches into his pocket, grabs a few bills there. Can't be more than $40, but it's literally his last. Uh-huh. I know that bitch like I know a hooker. Uh-huh. I know that bitch like a hooker. Know her trick. You my child, okay? Tell that bitch you better not forget it. Tyrone just stares at Paula, unfolding those bills there. Crisping and lining them. Of course I have it. Go on to school. You late? Ain't you late? Tyrone just staring. Mother in physical form. Someone entirely different in mind and spirit. Hmm. Paul looks up from her, her counting, finds that scornful face, so much like hers, looking down at her. The Pierce, at the head of the board looking class, explaining the difference between red and white blood cells. Rihanna! <laughs> I saw a lot of jokes about Rihanna, that's a well with that. Red and white blood cells and sperm cells. Like, okay. Oh, jeez. Turns to the class. So you can see how lack of white blood cells could be dangerous to the human body. Crickets in there. No one taking that bait. Okay, can anybody explain what will happen to the body when there's not enough white blood cells? Nobody's leaving this classroom until I get a response. It's more important for you than it is for me. Trust. Pure skin in the room. Now, most honestly don't know the answer. Others simply don't care. Shocking. Familiar hand goes up. Terrell? Terrell? Um, yeah, Mr. Pierce, I'm going to answer this for question. Man, but first I got to say, why the hell is this nigga a little wearing the same shit he wear? Hold on. Wearing the same shit he had on yesterday. I don't think that's in the movie. I don't know. I was remembering the big scenes more. <clears throat> Ooh, yes. Sorry. 
a little, a little stagnant in this share. Big last from class, Terrell hammered it up. Ain't enough white blood cells in the world to check the funk coming off his ass. That nigga foul, Mr. Pierce. Terrell. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No disrespect, Mr. Pierce. I'm just saying. Someone gripping both edges of his desk. Eyes locked there. Check it. Without the white blood cells, body can't defend itself. Oh. This isn't in the movie. <laughs> Uh, that's why all them niggas croaking off that age shit. Ain't that right, little? Whoa! I don't remember that. <sighs> I'm gonna enjoy this a little bit more later. <clears throat> we got... I want to say... Less than 10 pages. Chiron still staring at his desk. Moving with Chiron. As he makes his way down the street, alone, gets this concrete, almost western-like, with his heavy backpack and sagging shoulders, Chiron continues notice, following behind a knucklehead friend, Pizzo, oh, Terrell, sorry, smiles on their face are in pure delight, they're about to fuck with him, Chiron speeds up, hey little, wait up, where you going to so fast? Nothing from Chiron. Just a quickening of his steps. Nigga, you can't hear? Home. Huh? Home. Told you, man. Home. You live over there, nigga. You going to that Spanish chick house. That's Juan lady, ain't it? Oh, yeah. That chick fine as fuck. Juan been dead for a minute. That bitch get a free hat? Or she charged like Paula. Paul getting cheap though. Rocky kid just rocks up. Everyone grabs it throughout the chest. Catches him by surprise. Throws all his weight at him. Drives him back. Stumbling towards the fence. Pizzo on him. Kicks Sharon in the hip. Jars well free. Sorry. Fucking Spider-Man was playing. <laughs> Where the fucking Spider-Man at this? Alright. <clears throat> Sharon facing up on Terrell. Oh, wait, I'm very behind in the book. Oh, shit. Fuck. Oh, there it is again. Yeah, as I told you, it's a couple of times it comes up. Ooh, ooh uh, I'm not going to say anything. Uh. I'm facing up on Terrell. As he backs away, gets three, four feet between them. Enough to keep both Terrell and Pizzo in front of him. Fist raised. Terrell shouts a long, heavy stream. Shoots a long, heavy stream of spit at Sharon's feet. Ridiculously masculine. Bitch, grabbing my chest and shit. You see that shit, Pizzo? <laughs> I'd say Lizzo. <laughs> like this nigga cuts coming on to me. I ain't with that gay shit, but if you fuck with me, I will fuck you. Give your ass more than you can handle. Have you begging for your crackheaded ass mama? Damn, don't you be like getting head from the mama and the son at the same time? The same damn time, nigga. Fuck you. 
two of them laughing their heads off at this bit of brilliance. What you said? Say that shit again. I dare your ass. Say that shit to my face, nigga. Whatever, man. Alright. Better stay your ass right there if you know what's good for you. Hey, dog. Why are your jeans so tight? So it turns to Pizzo clowning. I mean, real talk, you see how, this, how tight this nigga jeans be? Nigga, the nuts must be choking in them, man. Tight ass jeans, boy, I swear. Nigga, nuts be like, get a nigga, get a oxygen tank. We drowning down here. Terrell and Pizzo clowning, laughing their heads off. Night, Lizzo. Damn it, God damn it, I keep saying Lizzo. <laughs> His name is Pizzo. Oh, fuck out of name is Pizzo. Night, little. Yeah, night, night. Chiron asleep on Miami's much neglected elevator train. Head leaned against his faded cloth seats. He snakes his way above and through the hardened Liberty City. From the looks of him, he's been here a while. From the feel of him, resting wearily, if peacefully, he may have slept through several loops of this train, back and forth from the blight of the hood to the glitz of Corral Gables. Back again. His head resting on the window. The lights of the train low. We hear the train wheels moving and the lights of the train flickering all, off and on. Off and on. And finally off. Very high up. As though viewed from the roof of a condo. Damn, sorry. I'm, oof. Get into this scene, man. I'm all over the place, man. Sorry. Mm. Establishing that a metro bus is pulling away from here, having delivered Sharon to South Beach. Sharon moving on a dimly lit side street. Columns receding behind him. Beach growing louder ahead of him. Damn, he's taking his talents to South Beach. Sorry, that was an easy joke. I had to say it. <laughs> we follow him, moving along. Behind him as the sound around him shifts. From the noise and chatter of carefree exhibitions. Exhibitionism. Out on the Collins. The whispered loop of the ocean ahead. As he nears the pr promenade. Separating the beach from the Collins Ave. Endless resorts. Stops, takes a moment to look back at what we're not sure, but after B continues on, moves away from us down to the darkness of the beach. I'm gonna close this book for now. We're gonna come back to it. I, I just I just don't want to hold a book, but hey, this is a great book. Moonlight, it's a uh, very beautiful. Has the entire script in here, some other stuff as well, some. Some pictures, 24 frames, description on film noir, excerpt on Barry Jenkins, and I believe the acceptance speech, yes, the acceptance speech on Barry Jenkins. Very nice. Highly recommend it. I got this from A24's website. They have many other books. I also have X Machina here as well. But we'll get to that another time. Ooh. 
Ooh, all right. Chiron's sitting on the shore, watching the moon and the stars over the ocean. The sky is clear, and yet it's wild out. The wind whipping the reeds, ocean running waves upon the shore with the verve. Tonight, the scene seems immense. Moon glowing blue. Leaving the ocean, a deep black that renders it boundless. Entropic. Chiron lost in it all, releasing his troubles in the presence of this nature when... Yo, you was waiting for me? Chiron turning. Looks up into that voice. Backlit by the bright beacon of a spotlight mounted on a prominent behind unrecognizable at first. Ethel. Shifting light, of course. It's Kevin. Oh, this is a very beautiful scene. I definitely couldn't show it. But yeah. Shifting the light, of course, it's Kevin. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Sorry. Nice to see you too. Kevin smiles. What the hell are you doing out here? What are you doing out here? You in my smoke out habitat, nigga. Beat as something dawns on Kevin. Oh shit. Come out here to smoke too, Chiron? Something like that. Kevin taking a seat on the sand beside him now. Still smiling that incredible smile. Hey, you know you don't smoke. Why are you pretending? Put on a show for me, Black? Why are you keep calling me that? Puzzled look from Kevin at first. Then pulls a blunt from his pocket. Black. My nickname for you. You don't like it? Struck from Chiron. A huge wave hits the shore. Demanding their attention as it runs towards them. Up short a few feet. Keeps their attention a moment. Sound of the ocean. Sound of the wind. Running through the reeds. The night. Kevin sparks of flames to that blunt. Like the water? Everyone says nothing. But let me introduce you to that fire. Sends the blunt to Sharon. Come on now. I ain't gonna bite you. Sharon takes the blunt, drags it. Drags on it with Kevin watching. Sharon and Kevin laughing their asses off. Both high as hell. A joke or memory lost in a cut. Whatever it was. Extremely funny. So funny. Two of them stop laughing. Those gleeful smiles remain. The two of them looking alternately from each other to the ocean and back. Found themselves this bit of shared pleasure. Breeze feel good as hell, man. Yeah, it do. Sometimes around the way, we live and catch the same breeze. Come through the hood. It's like everything stopped for a second. Everybody just want to feel it. Everything just get quiet, you know? Like, all you can hear is his own heartbeat, right? Yeah, feels so good, man. So good. Long beat as that thought lingers between them. The ocean. Wow. Shit make you want to cry feels so good. Here I'm looking at Kevin now. You cry? Nah, but it makes me want to. 
clever flashing that big, cool-ass smile. What'd you cry about? You cry, Sharon? Eat. I cry so much sometimes, so I think one day I'm gone. I'm gonna just turn it to drops. But then you could just roll out into the water, right? Roll out into the water like all those motherfuckers out there trying to drown their sorrows. Why you say that? I'm just listening to you, nigga. Sound like something you want to do. I want to do a lot of things that don't make sense. I ain't say it don't make sense. But tell me. Like what? What a what lot of things. Damn, you nosy. Uh oh. We shy around cursing. You trying to get smart with me? Whatever, man. You trying to get smart? Kevin reached a hand to Chiron's neck. Places his open palm there deliberately with feeling. Trying to get smart, Chiron? Your eyes meeting here. Kevin's slowly working his hand. Nigga. Along Chiron's neck. Small moment with feeling. Huh, Sharon? Slowly, nearly subconsciously, Sharon going weak. Leans towards Kevin, their weight supporting one another here on the dune. All the sound drowned by the echoing ocean. The night covering these two, as close as they ever been. They both sit up, facing each other, so close. Those nearly touching, they stare. These are the waters that never charted. The culmination of an invitation they've been sending us since day one. Kevin smiles. His open lips brushing Chiron's. Chiron's starting. Chiron startles, then leans in. Heavy, this kissing, much deeper than it's just the meaning of lips. A moment more of this heavy petting than... The sound of a buckle being undone. Kevin's hand disappearing down below. A gasp from Chiron and pressure. <clears throat> rhythm. Pressure. The rhythm as Chiron's breath catches his chest. Head fully leaned into Kevin's shoulder. Free hand grabbing at the sand as Kevin takes hold of him. Caressing and a pulling, soothing ass. Chiron comes, holding on to Kevin for dear life, choking on the sea breeze. Kevin removes his hand, looks at the cum there before wiping it on the sand. I'm, I'm sorry. Kevin looking at him with the kindest, most open face. What you gotta be sorry for? Chiron considering that, honestly so. The sound of the ocean. Oh, that was, <clears throat> that was extremely beautiful. I just could not show that. Sorry. <laughs> but that, that was extremely beautiful singing this. Oh, so good. I wish somebody did that to me. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Sharon sits on the passenger side of the hood chariot. Staring at all the passing neon and pastel of South Beach. Face is pure, open. Who you in it with? 
How you got a car? And money? How else you get a car? Oh, I swear, somebody grew up in the hood. You green as hell. Kevin looking from the road over at Sharon. I like you though. Chiron looking out the window, blushing like a kid. Living the beans, right? Yeah. What's wrong? Nothing. Chiron puts his head down. Kevin brings his fist to Chiron's chin, pushes slightly so that Chiron raises his head. Oh, you sure? Just a nod from Chiron. You never did anything like that, huh? A nod, no, from Chiron. Kevin smiles. Yeah, I figured. Kevin's car pulled up to the curb here. Chiron already out. Leaned to the passenger side window. Still to the moment. Unsure how to play this. Thanks for the ride. No problem, Black. You around. Kevin extends his fist across the space. Chiron reaching his free hand to meet it. Their fist connecting. Holding there. Just this bit of contact. Ooh. Chiron smiles. Yeah. See you around. Chiron turning from that Chevy. Heading toward the near stairwell. We follow him. Chiron continuing on without looking back. The sound of Kevin pulling away. Down the block. Chiron moving up the exterior steps of this Motel 6-like complex. Walking along the banister of the second story. Dragging his head, hand along the railing. Reaches the door. Gets his key in. Holds the doorknob for a moment. Then deep breath. He opens it. Just a flash of an image. Paula crossing her living room. Left or right. Hand pressed firmly, aggressively on her own skull. Talking to herself. Chiron, unfazed, steps inside. Closes the door behind him. Hold on, this closed door. Sound of Paula yelling inaudibly behind it. And then, alarm clock. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Very good. Yeah, my favorite scene's coming. Because it's so fucking funny. Chiron staring up at the clock as people brush past him, hurrying for the lunchtime lineup. Typical high school cafeteria landscape. Cool kids wedged in the tables themselves. Jocks wedged in the tables by themselves. Band kids not eating at all. Jamie. Just airplane their sets. Particularly the drum line. Forever table tapping. And of course, everybody is black. Black History Month. Damn right. Chiron moves through this mayhem, scanning the room for something, anything inviting. He passes a group of girls. Spots Kevin sitting by himself. Chiron's eyes light up. But he checks himself. He doesn't want to appear too obvious. He begins to take the longest route to get to where Kevin is, but before he can get halfway through his journey, Terrell sits in front of Kevin. Jerome stops and diverts his attention before either can notice. Heading instead for the lunch line, his hands have been empty. The corner. What's up, Kev? Terrell, what's good? And nigga don't see school no more. I hear you, man. Lunch used to be the shit, though. Ah, the food was never good. Nigga, I ain't talking about the food. 
But that Friday pizza was a shit. This motherfucker actually spit now. Yeah, I feel you on that. Back in middle school, you remember you used to have some fun at lunch? Remember you used to play Knockdown, Stay Down? Yeah, my crazy ass. King of that shit. Oh, hell yeah. You remember that? Remember that shit? Remember that white boy you fucked up? Cuban cat, right? Mauricio? Mauricio? I cannot feel my legs. I cannot move it, move it anymore. Mauricio. Yeah, but you, you fucked that kid's face up, man. It's calling you Tyson after that shit. Kevin nearly blushing here. But niggas don't do that shit no more. I mean, you know, what are you saying? I'm saying, you know, by pulling out a, a point nigga out, you gonna knock his ass out? That's the game, ain't it? Get me to swing on him. If I do, it's on you. Alright. Alright, Kev. Let me see who has getting dropped today. Oh. Lunch over. Wander. Students begin to wander out of the cafeteria into the adjacent courtyard. Not seeing the full of the school yet. Goes like this. Y'all, we don't need to read all that. Bro, leans in. Leans to a stoop out there. Shut up. Oh, hide the pictures. Terrell leans to a stoop out there. Like a gathering storm. A group of boys milling around. Him and Kevin. Because it was part of this entourage too. Laughing and pointing at various people as they passed. Just loud enough for the circle of boys gathered to hear. All of them pointing and snickering. Kevin included. Bright Miami day. Yet a cloud falling over this courtyard. A feeling. This huge group. This group is scaring. The other students in the area. As a larger, larger swath. Space surrounds them. Eventually. Someone in particular catches Terrell's eye. He immediately stops laughing and goes dark. Sight of Chiron. Kevin. Kevin turns. So does Chiron. They're staring at each other. Hit that nigga, Kevin. Kevin looking at Chiron, meaning his eyes still wearing the smile of a group think, training to. Come on, Kev. Hit that nigga, Kev. Hit his ass, bitch ass. Hit that nigga. The fuck you waiting for? The boys that surround Chiron and Kevin. Kevin steps inside the circle, meets Chiron's eyes for the briefest moment, and wallops Chiron. The force of it rocking Chiron back. Sends him down to one knee, clutching his jaw. Stay down. As Chiron begins to stand up. He want to get up? <clears throat> Not saying that. Chiron taking a few steps closer to Kevin now. Comes right up to him. Meets his gaze. Chin raised. Beat. Eyes locked and then. Pop. Kevin rocking Chiron again. Chiron staying on his feet though. Defiant. They're beat. They gather themselves. The same clear gaze from Chiron. Terrell's pissed and socks Chiron. It's open season now and the other boys pouncing. Punches. Falling heavy like Stay down. 5-0. 5-0. 
<sighs> the boys all separated quickly, slipping smoothly into the crowd as the old school guard and other authority figures appeared to get Chiron and pull him to his feet. Chiron, bruised and bloodied, cuts to his lips and nose, a gash above his eye. The guard attempted to get his attention. Who did it? Which one of these niggas beating on you? Again, he, the guard doesn't talk. Chiron's silent, just staring across at Kevin. The boy returning his gaze, vacant. The lunch bell rings. Chiron sitting opposite Principal Williams, 40, serious but kind. Williams just eyes Chiron up. Sense the anger, long sense. Anger simmering beneath the surface. Chiron stares at his feet, refuses to meet the gaze. Chiron, nothing. Chiron, listen. You're not in trouble. You're not being punished, okay? You did nothing wrong. We know that, okay? Still nothing. Chiron has completely shut down. Look, if you don't tell us who did this, we can't press charges. Understand? All them damn kids standing around, all oh, y'all out of there. Well, nobody got the heart to say who did it. That getting Chiron's attention has snapping to meet William's gaze. You don't even know. Oh, I don't? Think all this just started, boy? I ain't no boy. Hell, you ain't. If you was a man, you'd be four other knuckleheads sitting here. Right with you. Everyone looking away. Getting out the window there. Done with this. You don't even know. Williams taking this in now. Looking further. Looking better. These things in Chiron she had not seen before. Sees him. Look son, I'm not blaming you. I'm not. I know it's hard. Believe me. I'm not trying to disrespect your struggle. I just need to know. <laughs> you need some help. If you need somebody to talk to, that door right there is always open. Feel me? As soon as you walk through it, let me tell you, everything you're going through, all of it, it's going to get better. Ignoring that, still set on that window. Feel me? Here it is. Oh. This scene, I absolutely love. Now let's play that shit. Chiron taking in his own image in the bathroom mirror. Left side of his face bruised, swollen. That cup from his right ear clotted with blood. Runs water into the basin and looking down into it. Notice it's already filled with something, a pool of ice. Around lowering his face into the water, submerging his head in. The longest moment, long enough to make the silence uncomfortable. Paul is sitting at the kitchen table, dying cigarette in the ashtray. She looks beyond exhausted and fried. Oh, okay. So I'm a little ahead. That doesn't, that's omitted. I'm passing an old security guard entering the building. 
We continue with him up a flight of steps into the cavernous tunnel of the school entrance. Sound of so many shifting ticks, voices whisper and accompany those looks, adolescent energy unhinged itself. Chiron and Terencella rising, pushing past other kids towards the second story of this building. Reaches it, steps into the land, and slips into one of the interior passageways. The sound of those voices and whispers amplified, echoed, refracted off the metal lockers. Industrial design by Chiron's face unchanged. Still that blankness. Blanklessness. Pensive. All that freedom about to turn toward a door and into directly. Chiron enter and moving directly to a seat, a wooden chair there. Sets his book bag atop his desk, takes the chair and slides from the desk. <laughs> I am so sorry. That is fucking hilarious. I want to see that shit again. That is fucking hilarious. <laughs> the way he just does this shit. <laughs> Yo, that motherfucker deserved it. <laughs> oh my god. One more time, one more time, one more time. Over time, over time. Damn. <laughs> oh my god. Crack. Oh, Terrell spilling out to the floor. No blood, no movement. A total collapse to the spot where he at, where he sat. Pete. Everyone in the class in shock. Nobody moving. All eyes on Terrell. He's not moving. Not breathing. Body prone on the floor. A beat and then. Spasm that can stop it. A quick convulsing. And then a reach for his head. Trying to raise in that chair. Brings it down on Terrell again. The boy jolting with the impact. Fear sets upon Chiron. Few others help restrain him. Oh my god. I'm sorry. This shit is just so fucking funny. The way he just grabs it. And hits that He fucking deserves it. Fuck that motherfucker. I hate him. Good actor, but I fucking hate him. Oh. He's just barely surviving. Police lights flash on the school's walls. Kids all stand outside as well as teachers. Sharon is brought out of the school in handcuffs, led by two officers, staring, muckracking in the gathering as he passes. Gets down in the street, is ushered into a police car. He stops and stares out from the back seat, a face on top of the step. Stares back. Kevin. Ooh, that's Kevin. Oh, what a beautiful scene. Beating the shit out of people. That's fucking hilarious. I'm a sick bastard. And that leads us to... First over black, a beat of silence, and Amelia... A gas for air, and then. Oh, whoa, okay. Whoa, that's not in the script. This is what she said earlier to him. Don't look at me! I thought she could call them the F word. Oh. Oh, 
grown man covered in sweat. It's black. Same little Chiron character, but in late 20s now, sitting upright. Eyes open, staring off into the light, spilling through the window pane above his bed. Oh, Toronto Rhodes. God! What a man that is. What a man he is. Oh. Also, great parallel. Right before he did that. Angry. Okay, now he accepts it. Oh my. Fantastic scene. Alright. Back to the script. The kids are saying, also running the sink before him, looking down into it. Excuse, plastic trays in the freezer. Takes a towel, dips in the bottom of the lawn. Hot today. Hot as hell today. As black sweats through baggy jeans. Oversized wet white tee. Why does it say wet? Ooh. Javante Rose in a wet t-shirt. God. <laughs> What's more, unlike the pensive black, glimpses were covering through from a fevered dream. This one menaces through a full array of gold-fronted teeth. They're impossible to miss as the city passes by outside his window, cruising through the flats. They're in Atlanta now. As the car continues along, we go close on, close on, Black's license plate, a vanity spelling out black. More interesting. But that is issued in the state of Georgia, which is more important. Black sitting in the reception area of this rehab clinic. He doesn't look lost. Yet he doesn't look comfortable. Dressing conservative button up shirt. Two or three others sit on the simple chairs beside him, all of them waiting. Finally, from somewhere across the room, Sharon Harris. Sound of his name, Black rises, moves towards the voice. Black sits in front of Paula, 40s now. Hair pulled back, thin, but a light in her eye. It wasn't there before. Also, Naomi Harris. Again, three days. She worked on this film for three days. Busy schedule. What else was she doing at the time? I don't know what else she was doing. Rampage? That fucking shitty rock movie, I think? I don't know what she was doing about it. But yeah. They were o they could only have her for three days, so she did all of her scenes in three days. Fucking incredible. Great acting, by the way. I'm not sure if she was nominated. Potentially was. Alright. Paula looks down and goes to her pocket, into her pocket, pulls out a cigarette, lights it, almost puts it in her mouth when she stops and stubs it out, quitting that too. Black just nodded, indifferent, trying to at least. Where you been? Alright. I ain't sleeping. Why not? Awkward. Alright, if you knew you probably, bad dreaming. Still? Have you thought about talking to us about it? 
Ever thought about talking about it with somebody? I mean, you know, not even like a counselor, maybe somebody like your mama. Oh, laughs. Makes light of it. Black still unmoved. Hard to tell which of these two is in rehab and which isn't. Yeah, it sounds funny to me, too. I am your mother, ain't I? You talk to me if you want to. At least somebody. You gotta trust somebody, you hear? Talk to Teresa? Yeah. How's she doing? Good. Paula mimics Black Shrug. Good. Face curling to a beautiful, teasing smile. Hard not to love this woman. Hard not to give her infinite second chances. You go back when you go home. Home? This is home. I mean, they loaning me to stay here and work as long as I like. Figure, you know, might as well help other folks keep myself out of trouble. It's good, Mama. Yeah, I think it is too. Really do. Black nodding his head silently, looking from his mother over at another mother and son, performing the same ritual across the courtyard. Down the stubbed cigarette, still clutch at his mother's lap. Paul, Paula, taking a real good look at her son. Something on her face softening at the sight of his hardened jaw. Those gold fronts. So. Filling those streets? Nothing from black. Eyes shifting from the ground now. Down on the way. Go come all, all the way to hell. Didn't come all the, all the way the hell to Georgia to have you fall in the same shit, Chiron. I'ma go. No, you don't listen. To who? You? Really? You? Black pushing back from the table, rising. Paula grabbing his hand before he could turn. Hard as he is, his mother's touches. An instant pause. Stand still, staring at that ground. Not like this, baby. Not like this. Paula looking down, looking away. Looking anywhere but at Paula. Black looking down. Did I say Paula? I'm not sure. Black returns to his seat, eyes fixed to a spot. I messed up, baby. Fucked it all up, I know that. Your heart ain't gonna be black like mine. You hear me? I love you, baby. I do. I love you, Chiron. You ain't gotta love me. Lord knows I didn't have love for you when you needed it. I know that. But you ain't gotta love me. You're gonna know that I love you. You hear? Nothing from black. You hear me, Chiron? Oh, yanking that arm. Damn, mama, yeah. I hear you. Paul taking up that cigarette again. Lights. Lights it this time. Big deep drag savors it. Pulls all of it deep down into her chest. One step at a time, baby. One step at a time. Cut to black. And over black, the title card. Black.
noise and fuzz in here. Quads and subs as black blast something bass heavy. Get moving. Erica Badu chopped and screwed. <laughs> Fall back. All elbows and mean mugs as he leans at an angle. Seat reclined. Way back with lips parted to show those fronts. I scanning the blocks and corners. He's passing as much as the road as he's driving. Moving on him driving this way. And then moving with black as he turns off the main road pulls into his apartment complex. He makes his way through the parking lot. A figure appears ahead of him. A young guy rising from the stoop. Caught in a glare of bl Black's headlights. Black heads directly for the young guy. Then turns away from him into his parking spot. Black on a couch. That same white tee from before. But in shorts now. Flip flops at his feet. Travis near early 20s. Green. The young guy from the parking lot stands before him. Hands clasped together behind his back. Get him in here. The table. Table lamp. Bathed in black slate skin. And the orange warmth. Television raking. Travis in a cool blue. Ooh. Very nice. So dim in fact. We hardly notice the work's being. Work going on at black's lap. Bills unfurled across. The separate bills. Black counts, Travis watches. Stand a beat of this. Travis eyes down at his feet. As Black nears the end of his count, finish, he raise, he ri <sighs> He raises his head. Brings his gaze to meet Travis. You're short, Travis. Travis brow. Arching with confusion. Wait, what? You short? Now I counted. It's all there. All there my mama life. You tripping? I'm what? Pause. I I didn't mean it like that. Then how you meant it? Mean I. That was trails off there. Where the rest of the roll? Where the rest of the roll? Travis thinks for a second. Maybe he is short. Maybe his count is off, but finish him up. He straightens. Shit up. Go there. Might could think I'm short, but. When I handed it to you, it was all there. It's to my mama. You saying I'm a liar? I ain't saying that. That what you saying? I, I mean, dog. I'm just you. Just what? Travis goes quiet. Eyes at his feet. He's fucked. Black let him stew a minute, then breaks into a two feet grin. Nah, I'm just fucking with you. Huh? Huh? <laughs> huh? Hold on, let me play it. <laughs> uh, I gotta make sure I play the right one. Uh, mm. off there. Huh? 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just so funny. Uh, count good. You did good. You did real good. Black is standing a few bills toward Travis, waiting as the boy nervously takes him from him. Get beyond the corner if you can't have taken nigga that just fucking with you. Travis nods. Black extended a few more bills towards him. But as the boy nervously takes them. Where'd you been in them dice games too? Go back with them folks. Better off at Jailai. Dice game. Bringing nothing but pain. 
Travis wrinkling his face at that. What the hell is Highlight? Black begins to explain, but just smiles. Surprisingly, Black fast asleep, resting peacefully under the rear of a small flank, small fan. I cannot speak. I apologize. Moment of sleep and then his phone comes to life, vibrating on the bedside table. Black rolls over, groggily silencing the thing with a flick of the wrists. After a beat, a second, shorter vibration pierces the quiet. Black retrieves the phone seat. And as he does, a quick image, Black moving about the apartment. This is boxers. You have one new message. Image. Black standing before the open freezer door. At halfway in, absorbed the cool air. He's just trying to get that breeze back. Ooh. That's what the ice is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sharon, it's your mother. I know it's late, but I figure you ain't never been one much for sleep. Just want to thank you again for coming to see me. Back in the bathroom. Repeat of this earlier basin ritual. That was that was good of you. Hope you get some rest, baby. Hope you come by again soon. As though he never left, flat on his back, above the covers, staring up into nothing. The phone there, on the bedside, extended beat. Right here. Enough to see this man who wrestles with his mind at night. Then the phone buzzes again. Black reaching for it, instinctively grab it without bothering who it is. Ma is late. I'm trying to fall asleep. Got your message. Beat. You can hear the other side of its connection. For now, it's just white noise of dead air. Whoever is on the other end, keep it to themselves then. Hello? Black pulls his phone to his ear. Checks the display. The 305 number. Miami. 305, Mr. Worldwide. Demeanor shifting at the realization. Uh, Black? I mean, Chiron? Man. Black slowly sits up. Sits up on his elbows there. Brings his chest up a bit. How you doing? It's, it's Kevin. Kevin. Black's face startling. Though only so much such a contained man. You there? Say something, nigga. Yeah. Hey. No long time no see, right? Thanks Teresa if she's had your number and uh, I'm working this job, man. A lot of people coming by and this this dude he came by today. Let me think of you. You there? Oh fuck okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just got pigs with some stupid shit in Discord. God damn it. Move you here. What the hell? You there? Yeah, I'm here. You remember me? Black looking up out himself. Around this room before answering. Looks more into his memory than anything. Yes, he remembers him. Yeah. I do. Been a while. Yeah. It has. 
Where you at? Black closed his eyes. Georgia? Atlanta? Been up here ever since. Yeah, that's what I heard. Very long, very dense, very quiet beat. Sorry about that. All that. Chat room. All that shit went down. Man. Back looking about himself. About the room. Eyes wandering, drifting. Yeah, pushed so much of this away. Real shit, dog. I am. Time from black into the phone. Not so much a word as gesture. Guttural. Ambiguous. Not affirming, but a reprieve. An allowance for the space to continue. Finally, mercifully. Ooh, a lot of big words there. God damn it, Barry Jenkins. A lot of big words there. Trying to stumble me there. I got through it. What are you doing up there? How much? This trouble. Up with this place. Kevin, late 20s now. Dressed in a chef's apron. Behind a staging station. Look to the kitchen or surrounding him, a diner type place. Short order cook. Tyrone in trouble, always found a way. Out beyond the staging station, Kevin's lean to an old school register. Can color tabletops, matching vintage booths. This is one of those relics that will always be part of Miami. And the tide finally sweeps the city. To the Atlantic, the last note rising. What will be the company? Be Compe Sangados Chan Chan reverberating from this place. From this place. Yeah. Something like that. What about you? Cook, man. Loud laugh from black. Clear joy of it from a joke. Oh, cook? Yeah, man. Get sent up for some stupid shit. Same shit. Stupid shit. We always get sent up for put me in the kitchen line. I kind of took to it. Great day, Kevin Jones, Chef Boyardee. Cooking better than that shit. Better your ass won't be cooking long. You feel me? Two of them laughing there. Familiarity, clear, asserting itself. Yeah, so I just thought about you, man. The jukebox in here. Folks come in and play the songs. That's the music you get in here. This dude, man. Kevin trailing off here. Thoughts wandering. Eyes drifting over to that jukebox. One of the old school types. With actual CDs. And pages that flip when commanded. Yeah. Dude reminded me of you. Beat. What do you play? Long pause from Kevin. The song quenching itself. Look at thoughts right now. Push everything aside. That good, huh? Yeah, that good. You ever come down here, man? You highlight me. This your number? Nah, no cell. This is diner. Right now, it's better folks can't reach me. Tell niggas, call my mom house if you really need me. Otherwise. 
I'm only about this J-O-B. Drew, what's the name of the place? Jimmy Seaside Diner. Come to town, Chiron. I mean it. Come on by. I'll cook you something. Let's play that song for you. Black fully sat up on the bed now. Free hand to his temple. Other clutching his cell to his ear. Just the sound of his light breathing. Hi, Chiron. Be easy. Click. Black lowering his phone now. Staring at the screen. Simple information there. Call duration. 5 minutes, 29 seconds. Lifetime. Moment of stillness. Black prone atop the covers. Just as boxes, a small sheen of sweat. From looks of him, jaw slack, lips parted, just so he can reflect. Slowly after B watching him make his way. Black stirs slightly, a slowed walking, wakening. Stretches out, body turning, arms reaching beyond his bed, extended toward the light streaming through the lone window. Turns on his side, about to sit up, but stops. Look at his face of realization. Reaches to his crotch. He had a sex dream about him. A wet dream. Ooh! Black sat in there before the basin. Hands working at something in the water. No ice, no towel. Instead, he's standing there. Muddy plum. Layer of soapy, soapy foam atop the surface. Hand washing his boxers. And a beat of this washing then. The sound of music blaring. All highs at first. Rattling trunk following. Black in mode again. Gold fronts. White tee, one hand on the wheel. Pushes through the streets. I scan in the corners. Alley's passing by. Whatever's out there is getting little from him. Just this glare. Like hanging a U-turn. Neck craned all the way around to keep an eye on something outside the car. Headed back in the other direction. He pulls over on the side of the road. Honks his horn. Three sharp beeps. Like at the wheel. Travis in the passenger seat beside him. Travis lap, a mix of cash and baggies, a greasy crumpled brown bag wedged between his thighs. He's counting. Music blasting is always in there. Black nodding his head to an old school goody mob track. Then cutting the music sharply, pace going slack ass. Patrol car passes in an opposite direction. Travis never breaking his count. Black cranking the music in. Travis head. To the side, posture of listening. Like parked at the edge of the alley, looking out at Travis standing amongst two other young men. He can't hear what's being said down here. The whole thing viewed from Black's vantage. Instead, all long length gestures. Travis going through some form of count on his fingers. Two young men bringing their hands to their chest. Who, me? The posture of explaining. Black. Reaching the floorboard beneath him. Retrieves the obvious. 38 special. Takes another look down that alley. And then opens the door. Steps to the alley and begins towards them. He don't follow. He's watched from this distance. And then. Black's apartment. Dangled from the wire hanger. Panning. 
with the flow of an oscillating fan. The underwear we seen Black wear before still damp in the humid air. There's Angle Black's face, eyes fixed on the underwear, studying them with a mixture of shock and reverence. Reaches a hand to them, takes their short hem in his hands, partly to get gauge the dampness, partly for want of touching him. Something on his mind here, thoughts turning and turning and turning. Checks his watch, half past one. Observing him through the front windshield of his car, full of it viewable from here. Just the sound of the road, no music. Certainly no speaking. As Black drifts along what appears to be a highway. Look of resolution on his face, a peace, a clarity. The image closing in on him now. A slow, subtle zoom pushing, pushing in on that face. Those eyes. Just as we near the end of this move, our view pivots, panning away from that windshield perpendicular to our traveling. Nothing but mangroves out there. And across the large median, lanes of other traffic running the opposite direction. There's no doubt now, this is not a drive around Atlanta. The speed and highway surrounding should make it clear he's going much farther. An extended beat of his traveling. The roads and trees and wind. The speed of the passing land and soundscape escalating, building the whole of it coalescing to a hypnotic rhythm and then waves. Both the sight and sound of waves crashing, lashing at the shore. A muted wide base to the light. Waves rushing onto shore under the watch of a full moon. There are children at play, a dozen of various ages, all black, 7 to 15 years old. None of them in proper trunks, most of them homemade cut-off shorts, have Fruit of the Loom white tank tops. Yeah, I used to wear those shits. All of them laughing as the waves rush at their feet. You feigning fear. The ocean as others boys mostly drag them into the surf you watch the children at play a moment longer seeing none of these kids before we'll see none of them again a final beat of this and then childhood a door closed black's car parked deep in the corner of this parking lot the furthest back corner Away from the street light, obscured by low hanging shade trees. Diners away from us. Across the parking lot, Black takes it in for a moment. Pulls on a fresh shirt. Moving, crossing the parking lot at an easy clip. Quiet out. A few passing cars to Black's left, running north on. The same boulevard. No foot traffic. Can hear the sound of his footfalls on the pavement. As he nears the threshold of this diner, takes the handle on the entry. Old school bell. Sound of it jingling. The door is affixed to its parts. Right away, the sound of music. Something old, soft and lifting. Lit, lit, lilt, lilting. Lilting? 
That is that the word? I've never seen that word before in my life. I think Aretha Franklin's one step ahead. Black scanning this room. His view of the place, a clue for us. It's definitely the same diner we saw Kevin working in during the earlier phone call. All of the details are there, the old school register, the vintage chairs, tabletops, and in that corner, the old school jukebox plus notes with Aretha. Black, on the move now, crosses the diner with eyes down ahead of him. Counter lined with stools. Directly opposite staging station, adjacent register. Black eases up to the corner, places a cell on top of it, takes a seat. Someone stirs at Black's movement. No one watches. Looking about the place again, I notice the other patrons. Quartet of small, oh, a quartet of college girls and a corner booth. Why did I say small? Short, showing up for the night on the town. An elderly gentleman, sitting to himself, staring into a cup of mild coffee. The black watches the elderly gentleman. Be right with you. <clears throat> Figure moving past. Carrying an urn over to the old man. Sets a new cup down and pours a fresh coffee. Scoops up the old cup as he moves on. Crosses the girls. We see him better. It's Kevin. Watch as he speaks to them. Can't hear any of it, but from the feel of it, very Julio. Kevin is good at his work. A beat. Watching Kevin here. Isolated bits from him. From Black's perspective. Kevin lips. As he speaks. The hand. He rests his neck so instinctively. Finished with the girls. Kevin turns back towards the counter. Hands full. Their spent dishes. As he approaches. Looks right at Black. Right at us. Be right with you. Boss. Just let me get this out the way. Moves past. Somehow Kevin has not noticed him. Something large and black stored without thinking. Places his hand there. Am I breathing? Must be. He better be. Those dishes discarded somewhere in the back. And here comes Kevin. How you doing tonight? What can I get you? Kevin flipping through his stained notepad. Hasn't bothered to look up yet. As he does, his eyes settle on Black's beat. Kevin watching this man. A Black watching back. The two of them silently holding each other's gaze. Pure curiosity. Kevin's head cocking to the side now. Sharon? Nothing from Black. Just those eyes. Kevin lowering that note, that notepad, bounds the counter, comes right up beside him. Kevin's face, no doubt who this is. Damn, man. You ain't say nothing. Kevin taking Black's right hand in his, pulls him in close and throws his left arm around his back, warm, tight, masculine. 
The embrace held, black slowly reciprocating. His left arm cautiously placed around Kevin's back, subtly moved there. Close, but not quite a caress. Men part. Damn, Sharu. What's up, Kev? What the hell are you doing here, man? I mean. Kevin trailing off there as Black nods in agreement. It's an oddity of his own actions. Shit, you here now? That's all that matters. Again, that nod from Black. Kevin smiling in reply. Look at that damn nodding. It ain't changed a bit. Still can't say more than three words at a time. Huh. Smile from Black. This guy gets him. Said you was gonna cook for me. I know how to say that. <laughs> Kevin rounded that corner again. Black clocking him as he goes. Winds up opposite of him. Picks up that notepad again. Yeah, I did, man. I did. What you want? Pick for the menu or I can give you the chef special. Black watching Kevin across the counter. Over the jukebox, the song ends. The muted sound of those girls in the corner there. Nothing but the short space between them. Kevin sets his notepad down. Yeah. We hear Chiron. Kevin heads for the kitchen. Leaves black with that thought. All hands and handles. Cast iron skillet going over open flame. Like on a stool at the counter watching through the staging station as Kevin works over that flame. Behind him, the group of girls moving toward the exit. Bell jingling as they step into the beside. Black's gaze lingering on them for a moment, tracking them as they go further and farther into the night. Coming back, his gaze settles upon a table across from the diner. The old man. That cup of coffee. Black rising now. Digs down to his pockets, pulls out the bed of cash and change there. Begins across the space over to the jukebox. Gets a flipping through the flaps. Or to a side. Scanning left and right. Bit more flipping until bingo! string of quarters a few buttons pushed and the click and clack of the machine a disc ra racked and spun to speed so quiet in here without that jukebox then the sound of the disc rack jukebox doing its work as just special like spinning to find Kevin passing moving behind him this freshly plated meal carries it across the diner floor over to the booth abutting the diner window. Black cocks his head in surprise and makes his way over to the booth. Approaches a smiling Kevin. Takes a look at the plate. It's made from black beans, white rice, grilled chicken breast, and mole coating. Not for me. I don't like I don't like rice. Beans, eh. I try it, but yeah. So you Cuban now? Only in the kitchen, Bobby. Sit down, nigga. You gotta eat standing up. 
Black compli- Black complies, easing into the booth. Eyes on the food. Want a drink? I'll drink. A huff from Kevin. More playful than skeptical. Leaves the booth, heads back over to the counter. Black watches uh, as Kevin roots around for something. Comes back over with a half-run bottle of red wine. Something simple. The water glass down before each of them. Settles in across some black pores. Nigga, I ain't see you in like a decade. You gonna drink with me. I don't drink, but hey, shit. I'll sit with you if you drinking, man. But I don't drink. Take the glasses. Kevin taking a sip of his. Black taking a gulp. Maybe he doesn't drink after all. Kevin sets his elbow and form to the table. We'll bring you here, Charon. Carrie is innocent and suggestive all at once. Black, watch Kevin in response. It's your dinner, man. It's your dinner. Black's gaze following Kevin as he replaces the old gentleman's coffee as before. Moves on to the young couple sitting in the booth where a group of girls were. Later, by the look of Black's plate completely empty. Black takes up his water glass of wine and second bottle. Open there, besides the first. They've been thirsty. Kevin appears, settles in again. Remember Samantha? Yeah, I remember her. Kevin reaches wallet, takes out a photo, places it on the counter. Kevin Jr. Me and Samantha. Had a young. Too young. Kevin watching as Black takes up the photo. Brings it close and examine it. When I got locked up, man, it was hard, real hard. Had me in state. Not that county shit. That's when I knew I had to find something. That's when I started cooking. Knew I couldn't go back to the street. Not after that. Go down? Me and Sam? Nah. We cool. We're still cool, though. Gotta be for little man. But nah, not like that. <clears throat> Beat. What about you? What about me? You tell me something. What? What you doing? Who? Who you doing? Like going sheepish at that last part. Come on, nigga. I'm waiting. Don't cook your ass. Don't cook for your ass and everything. Shit. Where are my rules? You know the drill. You gonna eat, you gotta speak. Just like Teresa. Like thinking on this, weighing something. Takes another sip of his wine then. Alright. Straight up. Trap. What? They sent me back. They sent me up to Atlanta to put me straight in juvie for being all void. Let this cat in there. I come out, put me on the block. Get good at it. Who's up? Black shrugging his shoulders. No explanation. No excuses. It is what it is. Bullshit. Ain't what it is. Sharon, that ain't you. Nigga, you don't know me. Oh, I don't? I'm gonna get my shit straight. 
come and shoot him black a look. I guess getting getting your shit straight is driving twelve hours down here for no reason. Kevin looks over his shoulder. The young couple is up at the register waiting. Black watching as Kevin heads over, begins ringing them, ringing their toe. A small moment, cordial, cordial. Kevin smiling. Make it small talk with the husband and wife. He's good at this. Sound of that familiar door jingle on their exit. Kevin back. Kevin beginning back now stops to bust the couple's table. Arms loaded with plates and silverware as he passes. Why oh, you got them damn fronts? Doesn't bother for a reply. Keeps moving to the kitchen. Black alone again for the moment. It's dead in here. No couples, no group of girls. Kevin is nowhere to be found. There's nothing between Black and the door. The door. Kevin watches the watching the door as Kevin reappears. Wiping soap from from his forearm. Heading back over. Takes his seat again across this modest booth. Kevin's thoughts going back to this conversation. The two of them separated by this table. But only by this table. As though they can sense this. Both mulling their thoughts. Figuring those water glasses. Black's eyes lifting. Why you call me? What? Why did you call me? I told you this dude came in. Yeah. Played this song. Kevin trailing off. Eyes going to the jukebox in the corner. Let's his gaze linger for a beatman. Moves around the tip jar beside the register. A moment later, he's rounding the counter, heading for the jukebox. Kevin nearing it, studying for a moment. Before flipping those pages, one after another, as Black had before. In the effort, he does not know what he's looking for. Or rather, searching for. Unsure. Black watching. Looking on as Kevin hovers his finger over those pages, tracing a line along the glass there, mouthing something to himself. So finally, Kevin's got it. The click of a jukebox, articulating arm, shifting, and this wearing to life. Church, juke joint, cabana. The place where the three and three meet and meld. As the opening organ of Barbara Lewis's Hello Stranger fills the air. Church you okay, wait. Kevin leaning his back to the jukebox, arms folded. At the booth, like sitting sideways, be Kevin's gaze as he's listening. Both watching each other's. Eyes linked, locked. Black's eyes, particularly here, perhaps from Kevin. Kevin's perspective, drifting into them. He's opening, he's letting Kevin in. A beat as the song continues. Second verse. On the nose, yes, but fuck it, reminded him. Like a punch flushed to the face. Forever and always, reminder of this thing, of everything. All at once. Kevin crossing the diner floor. Kevin crossing the diner floor, closing the space between 
pedals to the booth again. Leans back. Watch his black butt. Song continues. Black's mind drifts elsewhere. Mouth agape as Barbara continues. Two of them this way. The song continues. Barbara's ooing, eyeing her way through the last few bars. The men listen. Nothing else in the world but this moment. The song ends. Over at his table, the older gentleman pays him no mind. Simply sips his coffee. The doorbell jingling. Black standing there with his hands in his pockets as Kevin works the door behind him. Closing the diner. Down the sidewalk. From them, the older gentleman moves away. Labored step after labored step. Finish. Kevin turns to Black. Two of them falling. Step. Without a word, moving across the parking lot. Parking. Black leading Kevin just behind. Occasionally, one looking to the other. They go, much said in these eyes. Look. But, just the sound of movement, the heavy key ring dangled at Kevin's side, the weir of Vespa's. Roman be seeing the sign. Kevin, a few steps behind Black, nears the driver's side door. Like anyone seeing this gaudy thing for the first time, Kevin is taken back. This you? Black talking to an alarm system. Chevy beeping loudly. All lights flashing. Twice. Piercing beep. That sound system. Well, it was a plan about them traps. A shrug from Black as Kevin takes the passenger side door. Gets in. Black following. The engine of the car coming to life. A beat as the car eases away from here. Reaches the edge. The parking lot. Pulls into traffic. Loud in here. Part habitat. Part defense mechanism. Little room for words. Two cabinets and a sub pushing. Slim K's Purple Haze remix through the speakers. Black leaned into the driver's side door as always. One hand on the steering column. The other resting on his lap. Nothing spoken between these two for beat. Just clocking each other. The slides, the passing lights, the streets, and the stereo storefronts play on their faces. Like reaches dial finally. Press the volume to a more modest level as Trinidad James begins his mid track overtures. It's Kevin's attention, looking over expectant. How you get to work? Jitney, bus. Sometimes Samantha shoots me there if I got a little Kevin. Black and red. Can't picture being in Miami with no car, man. Yeah, it's real out here. Just like fucking New Jersey, bro. Can't fucking walk anywhere, man. A lot of assholes. You can walk for a little bit. Asshole. New York's the opposite. You have to walk. You can't drive in New York. Too much traffic. A lot of weird-ass fucking streets I'm like ah fuck that so i don't like working in new york but i will i will work in new york all right real slow real hot real busted got me like a duck out here 
people for laughing at that. Be called a lot of things, Miami. Next to a snitch, duck is about the worst. You are one. Oh man, I'm just tired. Used to be up in them traps too. Wasn't easy. It's hard as hell. Harder than this. Man. But not much. Feel like I work damn near as hard. Make a day's pay trapping and two weeks cooking. Like just not his blinker flicker. The business of driving. Make everything hurt a lot more. Feel like that cat from In Love Color. My neck. My back. My neck and my back. <laughs> that cracking them both up. Nostalgia of it. Much as anything else. The laughter share laughter carries them away. Before they know it, black is shifting onto the freeway. Kevin looking out the window there. Right as they travel east, away from the Miami that brings black boys up so hard. Hold on, let me see where we are. Ah. I believe I found this. Bet on this ride. Oh, wait, no. Sorry. No, no, no. Kept it looking out the window there. On his right, they travel east away from Miami that brings black boys up so hard. Fisher Island. The Miami immortalized in Rick Ross rhymes and Miami Vice. Bet on this ride, Chai. Can't have you on no jitney. More road, more lights. More the silence mapping out. The space between them. So, Chiron. Have a look directly at Chiron now. They're on the freeway. Black is driving. And yet, Kevin holding the stalk aloft. Looking across the interior. This car. Until Black looks back. Meets his gaze. He does. You just drove here? Yeah. Like, you just... I don't want to go down the highway. Yeah. I beat as they hold eyes. Where you gonna stay? Nothing from black. Nothing. No words, no gestures. Nothing rendered from him in this moment. Black should be driving. Should have eyes on the, on the road, paying attention to the other cars. The things pass, instead, all eyes on Kevin. Staring back at the man that is lost in question. The space between is posing. His beat to clear the answer. Kevin looks away. Out the window again, the earth just moved. They both felt it. Kevin reaches for the dial. Raises the volume on the sound system for a moment. Just travel. Purple haze enveloping them. And it's unspoken pack for a beat. Then... Public parking lot, open air, 24 hours. Black and Kevin exiting the car. Kevin, careful, not to slam the door, immaculate, this car. He begins across the lot, looks back. Black is still there, beside, wait, 
outside the car with the door aloft. The ocean is out there, the sound of it just beyond. Wind and rolling waves, a pathway sloping down to the shore. This darkness, you can't see it from here, but the black skies, you can certainly feel it. Longest bee. Then, blacking Kevin into the courtyard. This modest complex make their way across the gravel walk. Sound of window-mounted AC units. Black standing in the living room as Kevin moves away, disappears into another area of the apartment. Alone, Black takes the place in. Simple, modest, sparsely furnished, with things that seem to have been found on sidewalks. On a table there, a simple image of a small boy. A photo that looks very much like the young Kevin from earlier. Sound of the toilet flushing. Kevin reappearing now. His work clothes shed, jeans, and a t-shirt as he moves through the space. Want something to drink? Beer? Water? Get some water. Kevin over at the sink now. Straight sight line from it. Straight, a straight sight line to it from the living room there. Black watch it as Kevin pours a glass from the tap, adds ice cubes from a plastic tray in the freezer. Kevin gesturing to a sm simple folding table near Black moves over to it. There's now two glasses of water. Black sitting the opposite of him. Kevin watching as Black drinks his water. Something not quite exaggerated. Swagger of a young Black tune. Um, damn it, I fucked up the joke. I apologize. I fucked up the joke. I was making an IGN reference. Kevin's eyes searching for the nape of Black's neck. He smiles. Who is you, man? Who, me? Yeah, nigga. You, them fronts, that car. Who is you, Sharon? Black struggling. Black shrugging his shoulders. Smiles sheepishly. I'm me, man. I'm trying to be nothing else. So you hard now? I didn't say that. Then what? Look, I'm not trying to hem you up. Huh? Just I ain't seen you in a minute. <clears throat> not what I expected. None of it. Not good or bad. Not what I expected. Well, what did you expect? I've been thinking about that one. He has to ask himself, what did he expect? Remember the last time I saw you? First, just a nod from Black. Playful gesture. From his body with those eyes, there's so much more. For a long, for a long time, I'm trying not to remember. Kevin nodding. Tried to forget all those times, the good, the bad, all of it. Yeah, I know. What about you? Me, I just kept on, man. I was never worth shit. Never did anything I actually wanted to. I was. All I could do to do what other folks thought I should do. Never myself. And now? Now? Now I got a little Kev. Got this job, man. Another 18 months of probation. Damn, that's real shit. Yeah. 
to life, you know. Never had that before. Like, tired as hell. I ain't making more than a shoe money, but ain't got no worries, man. Not them kind that what I had before. The real shit. That's that Bob Marley shit, nigga. Tech lighting at that. A slow smile. Amplified as Kevin starts to his little bob and weave. Ad living a Marley S from him. Black smiling as Kevin's eyes are light. Just a little ditty. Kevin rises. Heads over to the small kitchen. Running water. Toggles a small radio. The sound of Kevin rotating through the dial. Finally landing on a station. Late night R&B. Like the barge. All this love. Kevin comes back over. Oof. Kevin comes back over. Settles. Muted music. From the kitchen radio, he takes up his glass of water, enjoys another sip. Black fixes him in his sights more directly than before. You're the only man that's ever touched me. Air going out of Kevin's chest, the gaze fixated on Black's lips, anticipating the words falling from there. The only one. Black's hand is flat atop the table between them. His eyes lower to it. Haven't really touched anyone since. Black sitting at the foot of his bed. Fully clothed, hands clasped. Between his knees, leaned over slightly. Kevin standing before him, frozen. They hold each other's eyes. Terminable beat. Black stands shakily. Kevin watches him as he closes the space between them, drawing right up to him. Kevin takes his hand, lays it flat against Black's chest. Puzzled look coming over Kevin's face. You shaking? Yeah. Wait. Kevin crosses the doorway, flips the switch. Total darkness. Only the soft thudding of feet crossing the floor. Another beat Then under darkness Shaking Yeah Still shaking yeah. The sound of bodies touching Beginning of things Another sound rising from afar The sound of waves crashing Rushing on the shore Mingling of that rush of waves, the sound of lips and hands, the joining of bodies. Somewhere in this darkness, Black and Kevin relearning one another. We cut to an ocean night. Those waves heard crashing moments earlier on full display, rushing ashore, the frothy run. Dark out, extremely dark, save the lights to the beach bars. Ways down the ocean front, undulating rhythms of the Atlantic catch, the moon glints all over it. As we observe this moment, water dance of light, shoulders appear bare, gaunt, little, 
from our opening episode. Calmly, methodically, moves across the sand. Approaching the water. A beat more of a little, easing up to the surf. Then, he looks back. Dark skin, moistened by the ocean spray and catching same as the catching the surface of the Atlantic. Those eyes looking right at us stern plaintively. Plainly, nothing requested, nothing ex no expectation. Just a clear, undisturbed openness. Hold this gaze. Little turning from us, his form and movement slowly, steadily melding to the flow of light. Waves. He heads out to the ocean. Fade to black. Cause in the moonlight, black boys look blue. Ooh hoo hoo! That was moonlight. What a time! That was great. That was great, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope I wasn't too disjointed with the book and uh, scrolling. But that was indeed moonlight. Oscar winner. Fantastic. Absolutely deserved it. I did like La La Land slightly better because I'm a sucker for musicals and movies about film, so sorry. But this really resonated with me as well. This is a great film, a great love story, coming of age movie. Everyone's fantastic. I love Trevante Rhodes. I love. Oh, um, who played uh, Sharon? Ashton Sa Sanders. He was great as well. Beautiful vulnerability. Everyone was fantastic. Incredible film. And I highly recommend you guys go watch it if you can. Go check out Moonlight. Absolutely beautiful. Perfect for Black History Month. Perfect for Valentine's Day. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for watching. It's been a good one. Let's uh, take a little look at uh, some of the pictures in here. Where's the pictures? 24 frames. I don't really like it because it's like, look at that. I don't. Oh, shit. That's the wrong one. Whoopsies. Look at that. It looks decent, but then like. Over two pages. So. Absolutely incredible. Go check it out. This is a great book as well. Got it from A24's uh, website. Absolutely fantastic. Incredible film. Love Barry Jenkins. One of my favorites. I need to watch a lot more. Learn a lot more from him. And I hope you guys learned a little something from this. This is a great film. A great time. We didn't share with you guys. And um, as always. You can check out this episode. Again, you probably will see it on YouTube, Spotify. You can also watch other episodes of Rescribed. Thank you for watching. Thank you for hanging out. I'm going to head out. Thank you for joining me for Moonlight. One of the best films of all time. I bet one of the best movies about black love, coming of age, queer stories, incredible films. Check out Queer Fear Reviews. 
they did Moonlight. Incredible film. And I highly recommend it all once again. But I'm going to head out. I'll see you guys when I see you. Be back for 500 Days of Summer on Valentine's Day. And that will be up probably around the end of the week. Beginning next week. But I'm out. I'll see you guys when I see you. Peace. I wanna be a legend, right one, remember what I said then?